Guys, welcome to Minefields. This is U-132. In the third year of the goddamn plague. Three years, goddamn. The trilogy. The trilogy. The COVID, the return. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you guys still do it? It's been a good run. It's been, been a good run. It's been a good plague. It's been, it's been a, a good plague. plague. It's been my, it's my third favorite plague. Third favorite? I'd rank it maybe around my fourth. You know, their last album just wasn't as good as the first, didn't have the heart, but, you know, it is what it is. That's true. They, their sound just changed so much. Yeah, just a little too experimental for me, brother. Brother. <laughs> ah, good to see you, man. It's, uh, we have been, you and I have been burning the candle at both ends, man. Oh, yeah, lots of, lots of burning going on here. And... Oh, but... Not in that STD kind of way. Yes, 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 exactly. Luckily, you and I both dodged that bullet. We're happily STD-free from, I assume so, but... Cheers. Viva. Cheers. Viva los clino pinoso. That's Spanish. That was the worst Spanish I've ever heard. <laughs> but also an amazing segue. Perfect segue. IWC Legacy. Show on Sunday night. It was the bomb. It was it was it was the shit, man. Like I, I have so many good things to say. The owner was an absolute class act. Um, I knew a few of the luchadores there already. Uh, of course, Viper, uh, Delta, Rayo, um, all were there to show off. Of course, everyone like I remember seeing there was like eighty kids in the crowd with Delta masks. Um, did a really cool. Yeah. Ah, it's Delta. Yeah, De- Delta's okay. <laughs> Uh, he, he's he's a fun he's, guy. He's not his he's not his father, but he's he's all right. He's not Delta Senior. It's true. Nah, he's a badass. I love the hell, guy. Man. Hell of a gentleman, that Delta Senior. Delta Hope he's senior. doing well. Hell of a man. Hell of a man. Uh, Viper, Viper, and I did a really cool gimmick. It was like Viper, get your mask during intermission. We're gonna go and we're gonna take pro photos with you and your. You and your uh, your crowd, and we we made it into a gimmick. He's gonna start releasing it. I obviously I'm gonna let him release it because I don't want to release photos of kids in it, and I'm sure it's okay if he does it because they're he's the he's the superstar. But what did what did we land on the name? Uh, Viper con sus serpientes feliz. What does that translate to? I think it means Viper with his small little serpents that are happy. I'll take it. I'll take it. I love it. It's completely ridiculous, and it's it, it should be, like, and I I I want people to like have the. I told them I want next up the next time of the show we're gonna do the same thing, and I can if you release these photos, I almost guarantee people when we lined up ready to be a serpiente. That is true. I can see it. Hmm. Uh, great oh, matches. Just good show overall. Good show overall. I saw a uh, a luchadora. Jump off the top rope, do three corkscrew spins horizontally in the air for her head to land on some poor guy's ball bag. <laughs> it was one of the coolest moves I ever saw, man. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, nice. the, the Colt was there from Primos, uh, did, a, did a mini death match, uh, a street, whatever, lots of gimmicks, uh, you know, lots of uh, instruments of destruction. 
Uh, luckily, uh, I, I was surprised uh, Dubes was wrestling like a week after the last one, man. But he, he nailed it, man. He was he was in top form. Uh, Tyra, Tyra, absolutely brought the house down. Adrian Grim, uh, Adrian Grimm, poor guy. They, like they didn't play his music. They they played a. Uh, they played some fucking bump bump music. Tell me that, tell, to, for the love of God, tell me they played some Miley Cyrus for Grimm. For the love of God. No. Adrian Grimm, tell me they played like Miley Cyrus in the USA or something. That would have made, made more sense and more hellish and more torture than the bump bump music they played for him. Like, you know, bump, 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 bump. They played some Funny bump. enough, I can, I, I can actually top that. Let's hear it. I, I was wrestling in North Dakota one time with this guy named Mason Mayhem, who I had uh, I had screwed over the night before. It was a you know double shot weekend, yeah. And freaking um, and they that we were supposed to have this big uh, big blow off match the next night where I was supposed to you know help help him out, and they played the wrong music, and I was supposed to go out first. And I was like, well, screw it. And we just started brawling, and he threw me out into the crowd, and that's how we started the match. So the match in and of itself, other than the beginning, went, went as planned. So I ended up, um, we ended up having the match, no big deal, good time, blah, blah, blah. Freaking, uh, it's over. Afterwards, I'm getting dinner with my uh, girlfriend at the time. Uh, so this is, like I said, this is probably 12, 14 years ago at this point. But, um, turns out her and her friend, who was dating another wrestler at the time, um, had talked to the uh, sound guy and had actually gotten him to change my music, unbeknownst to me, <laughs> to a song from RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, that's awesome. That I, that I was unfamiliar with. I'm sure Alexis filled you in on it later, but <laughs> no, I, I yeah, I had no idea. And freaking, um, but yeah, for, uh, I, I wish I could remember the song right now. But it was one of the one of the big songs from whatever season was on at the time. And freaking, like I said, I had no idea. I was just like, screw it, you know. They're gonna freaking, they're gonna play their own music. We're gonna freaking roll with it because what else do you do with that occasion? Hey, that's just my walk music. out there and be Restart like, the where's match. my music? <laughs> Yeah. Restart the match. I'm not coming out till I get my music, brother. <laughs> so freaking, you know, we made the made the best of it, and freaking inadvertently uh, spoiled the rib. So good times. Funniest thing that happened at the show uh, at the beginning of the Lucha show, they uh, they brought all, everyone out. Uh, everyone circles the ring. Everyone plays nice. Um, th- like everyone just came out in a line. Everyone's just formed around the around the ring. And uh, uno minuto de silencio, but uh, I don't know that much Spanish. But it was definitely for something like important. A moment of silence for somebody yeah. or fallen something, you know, like definitely something important. Well, one of the luchadoras, her kid was in the fucking back playing on his goddamn uh, iPad or whatever the fuck he was playing on. So in the middle of all this silence and everyone being like a full minute, man, uh, in the middle of all this silence. In the background, you hear half the fucking crowd was like, dude, it went over like a fart in church, man. 
<laughs> like, wow, respect, respectfully laughing. Yeah, they're like, they're like uh. every, everyone's holding it in. Flip, Flip, uh, who is there? Flip Gordon. I saw, I saw him look up, and he's, he was happy. He was the one that was like, if, like, I, I was like praying to whatever's listening, like, please break, please break, because you know if he broke, it would have destroyed everyone else. Like, I, like, I really wanted that rolling laugh, you know, like. Uh, it, it reminded me of this one time in my calculus class, and I like, it was like my junior year. I had that one of those ball buster teachers that like there's no talking in class, eyes forward. He talks the entire time you're taking notes. Well, the new kid futs, cuts a fucking like cheek flapper long ass fart out of the fucking silence, and uh, the rest of the the the, cl- the class was <clears throat> like everyone was like choking, like like it wasn't the, there was no smell, like it was, he was in the back. But we had about five minutes to, like, stab ourselves in the legs with pens to distract yourself. But the second that bell rang and we got out of that class, everyone was like, couldn't breathe laughing. <laughs> couldn't breathe laughing. Oh. It was so fucking funny. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, of all the things in the back, and then, like, it was just a, it was a class act show, man. Like I said, uh, very well run. Great production. The DJ was awesome. The... Um, DJ slash uh, guy playing the music during the matches. Uh, they played music during like during the uh, during crashes and old uh, Fiji's match, uh, Fuji's match. Um, DJ Waters match. Yes, uh, they played bump up music during the whole thing. Like uh, they open the doors and yo go start wrestling. Like they the the music to get people hyped to come in was playing while people were wrestling. Get your ass to it. Nice. The food was delicious. They had hot dogs, hamburgers. Uh, the beer was only $3, and it was exactly what I wanted. Corona Modelo. Hell yeah. Got my little green Come Go what you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was just everyone, the crowd was into it. It was, uh, the, the, the place was immaculate. Like I said, production was great. Like, as someone that does production, I was absolutely impressed. Uh, and someone that, as a, as a wrestling fan, uh, I was more than impressed it was great wrestling great luchadores luchadores uh, everything uh the, the corkscrew like i said earlier was just amazing uh it it, it was a variety show that had so much to offer and i can't i i uh, I, I got us booked there for the next show in may um we always needed something right and everyone's loving our photos man and uh, i love doing business with people that want to do business and viper wanted to do business awesome man it's good to hear shoot Good to see people out there wanting to uh, give you a chance and get out there and, you know, stake your claim. Yeah, just a good time, man. So uh, hopefully we can make that a make that a, a good Sunday for us and just get to meet, meet some new friends and see some people that we love. I mean, but don't forget. And buy some comic books. And buy some. Yeah, well, we gotta, we got to get some on the way. We're definitely going to buy some comic books. But don't forget, we've got yeah, a new show. Which stores are and aren't open on freaking Sundays up in Denver. Oh, oh dude, no. this is this is like way this is like in Westminster, man. It's way the fuck up there. Nice. Yeah, like it took me forty five minutes to get to Age's house, and then it took us like forty five minutes to get from his house, which is like on the outskirts of um, Castle Rock, to the goddamn venue. Like, it, oh wow! Yeah, okay. it, it was it was a drive. It was a little mini road trip there. Uh, always always good to hang out with uh, old Adrian Grimm, man. He's a great guy. Really, he actually really got over, really got over uh, at at the show. So that was it was his first time there. Nice. Okay. Uh, Miss Joan Jetson meet, met up with us, so we got some great photos to help primos out uh, for their their champs because uh, we got the new belt finally, and 
So that was good stuff, man. Like uh, other than that, uh, it was cool to meet Flip. Janela kept to himself. A little surprised. Um, I was wondering if he kept to himself because every time I see shit about him, it's some asshole rag rider, like you know, talking shit. Like I don't think that, I don't think that's fair. I I don't think that's fair at all. But it is what it is. Yeah, I don't. I can neither confirm nor deny. I don't know the guy, so. Mm. He did a good. Uh, they they uh, flipping them. Uh, him did a good match, and this is this a fucking hoot, man. Like you know, when when are you gonna go in a fucking? Unless it's a Saturday for a new era. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah, we got we got a uh, dude. I saw the card. I remember the card y'all mm-hmm. were uh, talking about after uh, Smashed, and I was stoked about mm-hmm. that. But I am the. Absolute great card. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. I think we'll get some, uh, got some more, uh, more surprises for people that don't know what's going on yet, and it'll be fun to get some uh, old faces back and maybe some new faces. Of course. Freaking, I think we'll have a hell of a time. You know, calling it Eye of the Storm, freaking April 9th. You know, really excited to get back out there and you know do what we do. We are New Era. That's, that's, yep, that's, something, that's something to be really goddamn proud of. Glad to think so. Wouldn't want to be a part of it otherwise, you know? Agreed. I'm staring at my Y2J, Chris Jericho, my hero. Age gave me the uh, life-size cutout of Jericho, and I'm pretty sure it's bigger than him. <laughs> but the uh, the best part about this it... This one actually is six foot, brother. Yeah. The, the best part about it, it's got the F on it, and also it's got Chef Boyardee logo uh, at the very bottom. Ah, uh, he's a he's a Chef Boyardee of war. Yeah, you remember remember he did the commercial. Mm-hmm. Yep, this was that era. This is Y two J era. He's got the uh, the sparkly like club shirts and shit. Ah, oh, those were so cool twenty years ago. Uh, more like twenty three years ago. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's a reason he's lasted as long as he has, and that's because he ditched those shirts. Yeah. What about you, man? What you been up to, man? You know, we, we chatted earlier. You, obviously, you're limit-pushing at work. Uh, Colin, uh, noticeably gone, uh, but not uh, definitely missed, but he's working his ass off. Missed, but not forgotten. Missed, but not forgotten. He is working his ass off with Sylvester Stallone himself. Dum, dum, dum. Talk about limit-pushing. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Nah, man, freaking, um, you know, I've been working a lot, freaking, uh, work's been, uh, super interesting as of late, freaking working on, you know, being the operations manager, yeah, it's been, uh, been interesting, had our first little, um, work shindig over the weekend, we went bowling, which is fun, my son got to go bowling for the first time. How, how did Morales Jr. Can, enjoy that? He he loved it, man. Freaking, he bowled his first game. He ended up getting, I think, a seventy-seven. That's good. That's better than what I do, and I'm a grown-ass man. Yeah, he beat me too. It's okay. <laughs> I got like a seventy-two. That was with the bumpers. With the bumpers. Sorry. Right. Why I'm a, why I'm a commentator, man. So I'm a commentator. <laughs> You're a damn good commentator. I bet you right. comment. I bet you commentated <laughs> the hell out of his bowling. Else, comes I did. I did. Comes up to the line. <laughs> he hesitates. Yeah, it's one of the cutest little things ever. My uh, my wife got a pretty uh, took a video of him just like heaving the ball down the lane, 
and he heaves it. So he we get excited if he got one pin or if he got like nine pins. That's awesome. Same level of excitement. So it was really awesome. Wait, wait. To kind of do something new. We gotta put it in perspective. A seven year old was getting the ball all the way goddamn down there. It was a six year old, but you know. Hey. When does he turn yeah. seven? I thought, not, um, freaking Monday. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was last Monday. My bad. No, it's it's this coming up Monday. Freaking. But yeah, I know we're uh, planning a family vacation, so I should be MIA myself next week. Freaking, we're gonna go down to uh, go down to Lubbock for the SCP show this weekend. Straight from there, we go down to San Antonio, do some uh. We'll see Six Flags and uh, Sea World. Maybe walk the River Rock, River Walk. You gotta do the River Walk. Maybe. Go get some, go get some tacos with Thunder Rosa. Tacos. Right, I'm just kidding. Her, I love her taco vlog though. Dude, her taco vlog with Danhausen this week was the shit. It was hilarious. <laughs> that was the shit, man. That was awesome. Like, 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 like she's such a fucking badass, and like he, he, like, like. They're both over his F right now, but, like, at the same time, though, like, the way he gave it up to her, the way, the, 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 the respect he gave her while still doing the ha-ha, but keep, but not, like, in any way discrediting what she just did. Yeah. Just building up, that's, that's, that's awesome. Well, that, that's that, like, that, there's, there's that, like, there's, there's being comfortable in your skin, mm-hmm. and then, like, I quote it as that, like, that Snoop Dogg level. Yeah. Like like Snoop Dogg, like freaking Snoop Dogg back in the day was just like, you know, he did what he wanted, he said what he wanted, and freaking, you know, he was it was Snoop Dogg. He was, you know, he was larger than life then. But like Snoop Dogg has like obtained that that level where like he he's like it's like when you beat a video game and you're just doing all the, you're like going back and doing all the side quests. Yeah. And, like, Snoop Dogg is just doing what he's doing. You know, I'm going to do a TV show. I'm going to show up in wrestling. I'm going to cook with Martha Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I'm just going to do, you know, I, I, I just can do whatever I want because I am Snoop Dogg. And that just is what it is. And, like, the whole world is like, all right, <laughs> cool. Former Crip. You let's, know, freaking everything. Yeah, he's just that level of, you know, like you'd say fame, but the the other hand, like it's just kind of like I feel more like it's a level of understanding of oneself. I love that. That like really is why he can do what he does. Yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to freaking do this stuff with Kevin Hart. You know, yeah, there's a certain level of fame that comes with that to be able to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's just like you know, that level of understanding of yourself to where you don't you don't care. Nope. Like freaking nothing nothing in the world says, you know, I've accomplished something more than cool. I did this, I'm going to do this. And like I don't care what you think about it. You know, we we've had that conversation off screen about freaking people that talk about how bad a man they are. Yeah. Or how how much money they have. Yeah. And if you're going to talk about it, 10 to 1, you're probably not actually backing that up. Yeah. You know, how often do you hear a guy, see a guy like Snoop worrying about other people knowing how many zeros are to the left of his freaking bank account? Yeah. 
or to the right of his bank yeah, account. Yeah, I get you. I get you. You know how many times? How many times has Snoop had to be like, "You know who I am." It, it's not talking about knowing who who I am. It's I am who I am. Well, technically, and that that is two totally different wavelengths. And I, and I get you. I get you. And, and like that—that's a wonderful way to put it. But I do got to be technical. He has had to say who he is once. Snoop Doggy Dog, <laughs> like that. The whole song is that's that's one of my favorite songs of all time, man. Like, who am I? Yeah, well, like, you're not wrong, the, but the intro to that video, like, what was it like? His like mom and dad are leaving, and and, mm-hmm. and like for damn sure don't have the dog pound up in here. Like, all right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, you're. I mean, you're right. I'll give. You, I'll, I'll I'll slide that one in there. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's a it's a mentality, man. It's just being able to. You know, the whole thing with Brock Lesnar having a ponytail is because his kids told him, you're, you're not going to do that. And he's just like, watch me. Yeah. And he shows up on freaking national TV with a ponytail, and nobody's going to say a word to him because he's Brock Lesnar. He's Brock Lesnar. But, you know, freaking, you know, just having that, it, like I said, it all comes back to that level of understanding oneself and that level of being okay with who and what you are. It's a way of carrying yourself. And that's, that's respectable as hell. You know, freaking for all those people that don't like this guy or don't like that guy, does it really matter? And if it does, does your not liking him stop you from watching him? Right. And if you're watching him, you know, he's making money off you. So who's really winning at the end of the day? And he's living rent free in your fucking head. I hate that. That is the most overused term. I love that term. That is so overplayed. Like everybody, I'm living rent free in your head. They used this tonight in AEW again, uh-huh. and I'm just like, dude, like, all right. I there are to- certain people. There are certain people in in wrestling that I'm just like, I don't want to watch you do anything anymore. And like more and more, that list seems to like maybe just. Maybe it's age, maybe it's experience in life. I'm just like, more and more, I'm just like, I don't want to watch this guy. I don't want to watch that guy. I don't want to watch that girl. Like, it's just like, come on, give give me something different. Give me something I can respect because it's something new. Yeah. You know, like, don't just, don't just use tired tropes to try to be like, oh, I'm a bad man. Okay, cool. So is literally everybody else on your program. Give me a reason. Give me a reason to invest in you. That's the, that's the entire secret to wrestling. I've been saying it since day one. Give me a reason to care. Give me a reason to like and or hate you, and that's how you make money. Give me one reason to stay here. And I'll go to your indie fed. Indie fed, national fed, whichever. Whichever. You know, no, for that's that's. Point, that's that's the whole point, man. That's how you freaking. That's how. If you don't care, why should you get booked? There's a reason guys leave certain places, go other places, and are beloved because freaking people legitimately care about them, regardless of their name, regardless of freaking which place they are employing them at the time. And that's one of the things people need to learn about this like last crop of guys. Like all the uh, all the indie guys that WWE freaking brought in over the last 
since probably what 2014 2015 2013 even maybe i would say 13. Yeah, 20, 2013 2013 I'd 2012 2013 i'd say 13 because 2012 was when the when the shield really like started coming out but 13 they were full blown and then like that like yeah the, 2012 2013 we'll go with you know but yeah i mean once those guys leave they freaking you know you're you're making money like you're not you're not destroying anything freaking they kept you know Pac, neville uh, off TV for a year, and freaking he came back and freaking he was main event in pay per views, mm-hmm. and believably main event in pay per views. I've loved him forever, man. I love, like, yeah. I, 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 let, me, let me rephrase that. I've loved him since saw him in the in the in the E. Uh, got into Bullet Club, found all the pro wrestling guerrilla stuff, and then I really loved him. And then he when he comes out of the bastard, he's so believable. And the way, uh, uh, just to get back to your point about. Uh, being unbelievably loved, uh, reading the uh, Young Bucks autobiography, I mean, they practically did a whole chapter on his ass. Like, about, like, it was, I want to say half their chapter about first getting to Japan was about Pac just um, absolutely breaking his back to make sure they were comfortable, knew the rules of engagement in the locker room, knew where to get food that they that they weren't scared of <laughs> or knew you know all, all that good stuff like it, it it's got he's got a gravitas to him and you, you know when you were talking about the the guy that just oozes that that it doesn't matter where he is what he's doing uh everyone's gonna he's absolutely beloved universally everywhere that we know personally is jason yeah no definitely man people love this and all he's always been uh just you know, one of the big things is always being a fine, upstanding gentleman. Well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely Jason, but uh, but Jason Noel, Jason, both of them. I'm talking about Jason. Uh, Noel gets a pop every time, but when Jason shows up, the place goes buck wild. Like everyone, it didn't matter if he showed up at Primos. Everyone like Jason's gonna be here. Yeah, hell yeah, he is, and and yep. and he's gonna be. He's not. He's not a. He's not that politic and shake everyone's hand, look everyone in the eyes, remember their name. I mean, he remembers people's names, but he he's not that fucking bullshit. Like using words like paradigm and you know, <laughs> like no, he he just shows up. He's a sweetheart. He's a, he's a badass. He uses it. I mean, of course, Kingpin. You know, his Kingpin character, uh, over his over his fuck, but like just the that sort of human being. Like mm-hmm. man, I'm that like that dinner after uh, the last New York show. He was there. It was one of the best nights of my life, man. Like, and you, you and Jeff were 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 all hyped after the show, and but him and I were just talking about comic books, and he he was giving me advice on this and that. I'm like, yeah, I can do that for you too. I'll, like, let me what's your email? We'll, we'll link up on this, and he executes. He he does the not only that, he does our flyers. <laughs> like, yeah. I think I do a, a pretty good flyer, but his shit is uh, the shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, dude. Freaking, you get, you know, Sin's always been a cool guy. I remember him back when he had hair. Hell, I remember him back when I had hair. <laughs> but, uh, freaking, you know, that's the thing about that group of guys, man, is freaking a lot of us that are still around, like, fans and wrestlers alike, you know, we all kind of grew up together. You know, freaking, these are guys that have been in front of these, some of these fans, you know, 10, 15 plus years. And freaking, you know, it's, you know, you see that, you kind of learn, you know, even if you don't necessarily know the person on a one-on-one level, you kind of pick up 
traits about him, you know, and that's you know, that builds that bond I'm talking about, you know, building that connection between fans and fans and the other uh, wrestlers that you freaking that makes you want to buy that shirt, makes you want to buy that ticket, makes you want to invest in these guys as people. Support them no matter what, even if you can't make it to the show. Like, hey, oh, this person could be at the show, get your ass there. I can't make it, but, you know, go put your ass in a seat. Uh, on exactly. The, on the other perspective, and this is one of the things that really stood out to me, uh, is uh, CM Rice, Caitlin. Okay. Uh, we all know Caitlin's the best photographer, uh, action photographer in the state. Hands, mm-hmm. down, hands down. Like, oh, um, definitely. Hands down. There's no one that comes close to her. I remember when I got Bridget. I, I texted her and like, hey, can we talk? And she's like, yeah, what's going on? And I was like, listen, I just got, uh, you know, I do, I've done photography before because I talk about doing photography there all the time. She, she was always a sweetheart to me since I first started tapping people on the show that I, I'm doing a podcast three years ago. And uh, yeah. she was like, I remember one time, like, hey, I'd like my own CM Rice photo. She's like, absolutely. You know, um, every time I would do a flyer or, or no, not, not a flyer, when I was like using, I needed a full fo- a, a photo for the uh, wrestling report. Any wrestling report, it was always it always ended up hers were the ones I needed to use. And I messaged her like, "Hey, can I use your photos?" Yeah, always use it. And like, send me your logo so I make sure that the logo is always there. If I have to trim it, the original photo, it's I might have to crop it, but I need to put it back in. And she sent it to me, and um, so she, I'm pretty sure she overheard me talking to uh, IWC's uh, um, uh, legacy. Uh, they're uh, the owner, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I, you might be in the way. Make sure this is all your shit's taken down, all your stuff is taken down beforehand." I, and I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. Make sure it's Vernola comes up like, yo, reminder, ten minutes before the show starts, please have your stuff taken down. Absolutely. So ten minutes before uh, shows, I'm taking stuff down, and I look over and she taps me on the shoulder. And she's like, "Hey, can I take you to help you take your shit down?" I'm like, oh my god, yes, please. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> like anyone like like I have to take my stuff down myself because uh people don't understand how delicate all this stuff is. And yeah. when I saw her, it was her one like, oh please, God, yes. <laughs> yes, please. Um <laughs> someone that understands. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that, that someone wouldn't take the care uh with stuff that wasn't theirs, but a photog- a fellow photographer, I mean like she was like careful with the light bulbs like and, I, and i'm like i remember oh, she touched my light bulbs i'm like oh no no no, it's her it's fine um what was a what should have been a, a 15 minute job turned into a three minute job awesome that's it, great yeah and and uh and what i loved about it was uh when i was like hey i would like to just take a couple photos of people coming out uh i don't want to do action shots but i want to you know get some of them coming out and he's like, oh, I don't know, man. Uh, you gotta talk to you gotta talk to her. And I'm like, Oh, Caitlin's one of my good friends. Like, she knows what I do. And he's like, well, Then go do it. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna take a couple shots of people. At, um, at the beginning, I, I didn't like it. Uh, it, it, it would, if you're not standing still, it's hard. Uh, it's hard for me. Like, I can't control it. <laughs> so I gotcha. got you. I got a good one at age, and that was it. And but uh, absolute hands down. Uh, thank you, CM Rice, for always li- hooking us up. Uh, doing the best photos in the state, always one of the brightest faces, uh, one of the people that we're most happy to see when you show up always early, ready to take care of shit, knows how to conduct herself in the locker room, knows how to conduct herself when she's around everyone, you know? You know just, yeah, no, Caitlin's freaking awesome. Yeah. 
The king. Always making, always making it sure. It's a little toasty. Hell yeah. Well, we got comments to talk about, man. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff to that. Yeah, that's what it is. Sorry about that, my, uh, my, lost my headphones. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, brother. Yeah, now we got, uh, okay, we got, a uh, Task Force Z, Issue 6. Okay, take point on that. Sweet, we got, a. Uh, let me see. So we started off, we're in a laboratory months ago. And freaking, we've got uh, Mr. Bloom here working with a doctor and the Resurrection Man. Yeah, that was that was a surprising thing there. Yeah, it's one of those things that's kind of like, of course he is. It, may, it makes perfect sense, but it, it builds. The, we find out that the uh, part of the you know Resurrection Man is integral in building the Lazarus resin. Which is super interesting because obviously you'll hear Lazarus resin. We're assuming Lazarus pits, and we find out that at least part of it is uh, based on Resurrection Man. So it kind of it's interesting to think about that. Uh, you know, this might not be quite as cut and dry as we originally thought it was. Correct. Let alone the fact that now we know that uh, Mr. Bloom has been integral since the beginning of Task Force Z and the beginning of the Lazarus Resin. Mr. Bloom has been involved in it because the question has always been that Mr. Bloom isn't dead, so why is he a part of Task Force Z? Correct. But yeah, no, Mr. Uh, you know, every freaking... Well, before, before we get too far, all right, right, like, so uh, third page, or... Uh, well, second page of actual storytelling. Uh, first page, we see Resurrection Man. He's got his hands in a like in some sort of uh, phosphorescent goo, and the 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 capsules next to him obviously have containers over them. But he's putting his hands into the raw like the, the raw sludge. We get the uh, champagne handed to him on, but on the second page, Resurrection Man pulls something out of the water. When, he, when he's saying, you judge me again, Walter, what is that in his hand? That's a potato. It looks like a potato. Really, <laughs> really terrible. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't actually know what it is, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, All we know for sure is that now they've got the ability to beat death, and we're not we're not entirely sure what he pulled out. Like, that could be, like, a liver? Maybe you know, one of Resurrection Man's livers, perhaps? I was thinking or that. Or a kidney? I was thinking liver, uh, but my mind always goes X-Files. Like, uh, if you remember that episode, if you're that into X-Files, uh, Tombs would show up every 30 years and extract five different livers from people to make a cocoon for himself. So, you know, because of the, the redeeming qualities of it. So, I, I'm thinking liver. Yeah, if you landed on that tomb, I'm, that's a liver. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, no, we, uh, you know, we find out that Mr. Bloom is involved... Yeah, and as per usual, because you know, they, they basically, the whole reason this is made is to make money and, to, you know, for people to uh, beat debt. And Mr. Bloom wants his money. And he's like, oh, you know, the doctor here is like, we're not going to give that to you. And then he's like, can I at least have a glass of champagne? And he's like, no, the company said we couldn't do that. And we 
we find out apparently that Mr. Bloom's first name is Mitch. <laughs> Mitch. Which I find fun. It's uh, nice. freaking. And he's just like, you know, you know, the doctors said we gave everyone else a day off. Why don't you? And he's just like, you know, that's a wonderful idea. As he pours all these uh, these three um, vials into a container and freaking blows up everybody. Some Heisenberg shit. You know, and then we uh, you know, we go to the you know, that was then. This is now. You know, we've got a uh, Red Hood being beaten by KG Beast, and he's they're you know they're gonna kill him. But we see that uh, Two Face, along with the resur- the currently resurrected Bane, who I believe um, Red Hood kicked off a building to kill him the last time he was dead. As well as the uh, the recently deceased Mister Freeze, are behind KG Beast. You know they're they're here to save uh, their leader, quote unquote, Red Hood. And freaking, you know they end up, you know Red Hood ends up escaping. And they end up killing KG Beast. You know who's uh, KG Beast has kind of been a uh, they've kind of brought him back. With a little storyline where he shot Dick Grayson in the head and gave him amnesia for about a year where he thought he was Rick Grayson. The uh, the action here was something I really enjoy. I, I Obviously, I love mindless violence, but I also don't like it when it's like... I've mentioned it for hundreds of times that I don't like just storytelling through punching. And like you know, like a, like a real shitty Hulk comic, you know, where it's like yeah, it's this was gnarly. This this was a this was a this was a beat down. This interrupting of torture. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> Red Hood held his own here. I mean, he he didn't hold his own the way that Harley did in Suicide this in Suicide Squad. That's for goddamn sure. Mm-hmm. But it was still gnarly. Uh, it was it, it the, the the beat down here was good. It reminds me of uh, when we see the the back of Bane. Uh, Bane, that's enough. We need him alive. No, we didn't. Like <laughs> after he just snapped the guy's neck after getting blasted in the stomach with a machine gun as he breaks him. Just nah, we don't. Crick. Done. Yep. But yeah, no. The, we go back to we're back to months ago in the lab where they lift up a you know some concrete. And we see Resurrection Man dead before he revives himself. And then we turn the page, and we see pretty much the same thing. But it's Bane lifting a substantially larger hunk of concrete off of Red Hood and Mr. Freeze. Good point. I didn't notice that. That is a great artistic point of, point of pivot there. That's awesome. But yeah, no, we, uh, you know... Two-Face is just calmly being like, come on, let's go. We got to get out of here. And Red Hood's just like, I'm not working with Bane. Like, I, I, I'm just not going to do it. Just like, you know, and, and, you know. just like in the page before when they pull it over Resurrection Man and like, uh, welcome back to life, Mr. Shelley. I'm, I'm so sorry, but I quit. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Freaking, you know, as we all know, freaking Bane's the man that killed Alfred. And freaking, you know, the Bat family can't stand for that, you know. Red Hood's, Red Hood's done a lot of shady stuff over the years, but he's not willing to work with Bane after what he did to, you know, basically one of his adopted fathers. Yep. 
you know, and they pick up the uh, the charred, dismembered, disfigured, you know, uh, corpse of KG Beast, and the four of them end up walking out, you know. And, you know, Red Hood's just like, where, where's everyone else? And Two-Face is just like, this is it, you know. Deadshot's brain was destroyed. We can't find Sundowner and Manbat's heads. And uh, Mr. Bloom's MIA. I don't remember what they did with Sundowner's head. I know that what, what Mr. Bloom did, you know, he's got Manbat's head. But what happened to Sundowner's head? That I don't recall, actually. So I, it might just be... No, we're, we, we're too... They might have found a body, just not had it. Because I don't remember Sundowner's Sundown not dead either. Correct. We're too so involved in this. Like, they didn't show it. I'm confident that there's something going on with Sundowner that's going to happen. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Well, we would have noticed. I'm just confirming. But, yeah, no, we uh, and we come back and see Mr. Bloom. We see uh, a Mr. O'Connor walking into his office. And freaking... You know, Mr. Bloom's there with the uh, the other two twins. You know, and they were apparently wearing his wife's clothes because they didn't have any of their own. And, you know, he's just like, they're dead, right? And he's just like, for now. And he's basically trying to make him an offer for a large sum of cash because uh, good Mr. O'Connor here has fallen at bad times. So it's like he's trying. He might be trying to. Uh, you know, turn Looks like Mr. Bloom has been very intricate in setting up the Task Force Z program. And we end up turning him going up, you know, going back to the now. We've got everybody, you know, Two Face and his crew with the Red Hood in a truck, and they're being tailed by the Batman. Who's in the Who's in the passenger seat? Is that KG Beast? That's KGB, yeah. Why is his face melting off? I don't remember seeing like any like acid being poured on him. Is it just like the well, shit? Well, he he, burnt, he he died in the uh, in the fire. Oh, the fire! That yeah, was set up earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason the other guys did die as well was because Mister Freeze set, um, put an ice blockade in front of him. So Red Hood's like, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go. You know, Red Hood just jumps out of the back of this truck onto the Batmobile. To stop Batman so they can talk, because he's gonna he's gonna try do his best to fix this, and that works about as well as you think it's gonna work. Yeah, like the the, the argument here is like you don't understand me, you're, you're a hypocrite. Like I was never good enough. I'm finally doing something I can stand behind. He's literally the redheaded stepchild. It's interesting to talk about how Batman is talking about, you know, this is my city. You're not going to do this. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what to do. And freaking Jason's reaction is just like, you know, it's not just your city. Like, this is, I grew up here too. Like, I'm not your responsibility anymore. I'm your own man. And, like, the thought process of him being like, you're not, you know, I'm not your responsibility anymore. And Batman just retorting with, you're my fault. Like, I, I, I made you. Like, at the end of the day, all these years later, Batman still blames himself for Jason's death. Like, at the end of the day, that is probably Batman's biggest failure. And the fact that they're still bringing that up friggin' really kind of adds a gravitas to this storyline. 
it, it especially because everyone knows who Red Hood is. Mm-hmm. And he's arguing in the street with "You raised me." Everyone knows Ward of Bruce Wayne. And, yeah, and we've got two zombies and Harvey Dent. Uh, so I'm, I'm questioning, like, was it a, a thing that these guys know that? I mean, Bane has always known that it's that it's Bruce, but Freeze, yeah. Freeze, maybe not. Harvey, uh, he was Batman for a time, but we don't know how intact his head is or his memory. I mean, he's definitely lucid, but I, I you can never trust it. Um, yeah. When's it going to happen? It's true. You know, but even then we got, you know, like this, the thought process of this battle between them is just like, they're both just kind of shouting at each other about their failures, you know, because Batman talks about how he fails Jason by what happened with the Joker. But then Jason turns around and he's talking about, you know, I'll never, ever measure up to you or Dick. Like, no matter what, he will always at best be the number two Robin. At best. And in all honesty, as far as Robins go, he's probably not even in the top three. He's 100% not in the top three. Damien, I would say Damien is a, is a, is a definitely a three. Um, Tim Drake... Just because he's never died, <laughs> to my knowledge. Um, yeah, I don't. He got captured that one time at the beginning of beginning of Rebirth. That's been about it. Yeah. But yeah. No. Just the fact that like Jason's even talking about it. Like I know. Excuse me. I will never measure up to you guys. And I, I and like I've accepted that. I'm just. I, I'm a screw up. You know. But you got to let me see this through. Like I need you to trust me. Like, at the end of the day, that's what this is about, is basically trust between a father and a son. To be like, this may, like, the, the son being like, I this may not work, but I need you to trust me enough to let me fail. I dig it. That was a great conversation. I like the fact that they didn't show the ending of it. They just went straight to the next scene. They, like, cut scene, uh... They're well, the the best part is actually the I think the best part's actually the end, when Batman's talking to him and he's just like you know, but you know you want to say this as a team and everyone's trying to make good, like all these all these guys are like Two Face, Bane, Mister Freeze are trying to make good, but they you know when push comes to shove, they left you here, they abandoned you to deal with me, oh, yeah, that was and like the next scene is Two Face being like we didn't, you know. I know you don't trust me. And he's just like, you know, shut the hell up. Like, cause how often in all reality is Batman completely and utterly proven wrong? Wrong. No, we're here. And, you know, yeah. And this time, this time he was. And funnily enough, it's by one of his oldest friends. Ah, uh, that, that hit hard, didn't it? Yeah. Of all the, of all the people that could freaking be like, you're wrong. It is District Attorney Harvey Dent. It is Two Face. Especially, like if, it was. It wasn't the Joker. It wasn't the Penguin. It wasn't even Catwoman. No. It was Two Face that went out of it. Literally, one of the few people that was Batman's. That was Bruce Wayne's friend before he was Batman's enemy. One of his best friends. Yeah. The only other one you could really pull that off with would be Hush. 
Yeah, and it's, and and just to get a little deeper, like with Harvey, I mean, like you can be best friends with Bruce Wayne, but are you really? Does that really matter? Because he's not, he's not really Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's the disguise. He's Batman, and him and Har- him and Harvey were close as Batman and Harvey, District Attorney, and. Like see, seeing the scene was it was extremely impactful. Like uh, every little bit of it here, beautifully illustrated. Bane's not even twitching. Freeze. Yep, not at all. And they're 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 cognizant. They know what they're up to. Uh, they any one of them could just pick all three of them up. <laughs> the, he, he freeze all of you right up. I mean, Bats has his back to back to. All of them, and yeah. he didn't even turn his head up, and and, and it reminded me that you say that one of the most impactful things about like Long Halloween or anything to deal with uh, Harvey and and Batman is that Batman's going to handle it personally because it's Harvey. Yeah, you know, and at the and at the end of the day, freaking that's one of the things you got to think about too. Is freaking what was Batman's biggest failure? Who did he let down the most before he let down Dick Gray or before he let down Jason Todd? Yeah, Harvey. Harvey. He let Harvey. He was there when Harvey became Two Face. He was there. I'm about to testify. Yep. You know, and at the end of the and then Jason turns around. And he's like, you know, just please get the f out of our way. Just let us do what we're trying to do. You know, and then we find out. You know, we go back to another months ago thing. Where uh, Mr. O'Connor and Two Face are reviving um, this dead fish man. I've never seen this guy in my life. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't either. But they they find him and uh, the resin works, and they bring him back with his chest completely opened. It's still open. You know, and they end up taking him to uh, freaking Amanda Waller and showing them what they can do. To get the funding they need to form Task Force Z. That was something. And freaking else. yeah, and we see them. Um, we see the uh, the nurses. As I'm referring to them bringing in the body of Arkham Knight after she passed away. Waller, I feel like she quoted Stone Cold in this because, like, typically when they X and at sign and hashtag out a bad word. Uh, you're barging into my office, my secret office, secret, and you have some plan hatched by a senator who is one cut hair away from away from doing time. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> like, like, like. I would, I would have thought ball hair, but either way, it's, it's, it's whatever. Wise, like the the level of obscenities that this woman is ready to say as a tough, powerful. Don't keep me up. I gotta. I gotta play golf with the senator tomorrow. Is a mm-hmm. like. I, I want to see what this woman comes home to at night. Yeah, that's a good question. Hmm. You know, she's just and then she just turns around. And she's like, you know, I don't hate it, other than the smell. I could. I could see this. You know, working. You know, she calls. She's the one that actually coins the term Task Force Z. Harvey's talking about how he's not crazy about the name. And then she's just like, without even like missing a beat, come up with something better, better than, you know, the redemption angle of having these uh, these people trying to redeem themselves to basically get their lives back is a great angle. And the fact that she uses the term "great angle," expert marketer. At the end, at the end, at, at the end of the day, she doesn't 
like I'm, she's Amanda Waller. She does not care about human life. To her, this is nothing more than a selling point to yeah. get this across. And she's gonna get credit. Yeah, and then she's just like, you know, we need we need a we need a front man for this. You know, we need a pretty face. None of you disgusting, you know, disgusting fucks are it. You know, we need someone to uh to bring you know to bring people to get people on board with this. And that's when Harvey and Bale's bringing in Red Hood. And freaking, she just, you know, shows a picture of Red Hood, and she's just like, I love it. You know, we're, we're going to make Task Force C a thing. Even you though know. we already know that she already flushed it down the toilet and they're screwed. Their, their lab's been destroyed. I mean, like, like Harvey freaking out as Harvey. Uh, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, we're screwed. And, and freaking, you know, at the end of the last page, she's like, you know, we're, we're looking at a picture of freaking of the entire rundown of Task Force Z. You know, we've got Mr. O'Connor on top, Senator O'Connor, Two-Face underneath him, Red Hunter underneath him, and then all the freaking, all the people that are freaking, we got Sundowner, we've got Man Bat, we've got Arkham Knight. And if you look at the Bane picture on the very bottom, it doesn't say Bane. It says, who is this? Oh my God, I did not get that. It answers our. It answers our. It, it solves the mystery of Bane being alive and well in issues of Joker written by Tinian. Joker. Who yep, is I don't this? know if that was caught. I don't know if that was caught before the unvi- unveiling in Joker or not. But freaking, you know, right there. Who is this? We. It, this isn't. No, this isn't necessarily Bane. This is somebody on Venom. Somebody. On but you notice who's missing from the shots. It is definitely Mr. Bloom. Mr. Yeah. There is not a picture of Mr. Bloom on here, which means Mr. Bloom is always, you know, this has been going on the entirety. They've always known Bloom has not been a part of Task Force Z. Or working for Waller. At least as far as Waller's level knows. But this proves to them that, you know, we've been played. Red Hood says it himself. We've been played. Now it's our turn to do the playing. It's time we kill Mr. Bloom. Hmm. Uh, he'll be ready. He'll be ready. I don't see a death of Mr. Bloom. I see a, I see a to be continued or a super shredder. No, not super shredder. Like a, like one of those endings where like the, the, like the guy gets crushed by the building and everyone thinks he's dead and the, the hand comes out of the rubble. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. The thing, too, is Task Force Z's out of the resin. <laughs> That does not mean Mr. Bloom's out of the resin. No, not at all. I mean, like, and he did hand and he did hand them the head of Man, Man Bat, Bat to collect resin off of. Yep. Let alone the fact that we still have no idea where Sundowner is. Man, and that's obviously coming back later. What this is issue six, so I'm hoping they do a twelve, um, at least a twelve. But in all actuality, I want this to keep going. Like this is this is one. Oh, of my, yeah. This is one of my favorite books. Um, the the, the it's just, it's just fun. It's just it's just a fun read. It's very much like the uh, like DC versus vampires for me, where I'm like, I just want to I just want to read this. I just want to enjoy this book. Like I don't care where it goes. I just want to sit down and revel in the inanity of this situation. It's definitely a hoot. Like it's it's like it's yeah. it's a hundred percent. You can turn your brain off, 
and just enjoy it for what it is, or you can analyze the shit out of it just like we did, and we we find even more joy. Yeah, because we got you know Mr. Bloom is on his own right now. Sundowners MIA. Deadshot's apparently his brain is too far gone to freaking bring back that yeah. we know of, but we don't know. It could be that Deadshot's freaking. Free, you know they could they could still bring back Deadshot at some point. You know uh, the amount of wrestling, pro wrestling you and I have watched, uh, daytime soap operas. None of this follows a formula. Oh yeah, not at all. There's no there's no formula here. Like if anything, like if anything, we need to be like if. Whoever books New Era needs to fucking like just, just copy the shit out of this. <laughs> like, like, like the the betrayals, the 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 who's working for who. Like, like I mean, like I remember really loving fucking Mister Bloom. Like, I, like I, I should have seen it coming, but I was enjoying the book so yeah. much that I, I didn't. Like, if, if you and I were soap opera fans that were given Task Force D to to read, we probably would have like because we don't like those part. Let's pretend that group of demographic of people that write soap operas, you know, the guiding light, probably would have seen that betrayal coming a million miles away. Okay, <laughs> a, I can see that. Yeah. A million miles away, where here yeah. we are. Well, like, that's the thing too. Is freaking. This is this is another case of DC taking a at best third tier villain. Yeah. And making you care. Mm-hmm. This is another case of Ten-Eyed Man. This is another case of KG Beast when they freaking, when he shot, you know, Dick Grayson. Yep. You know, this uh, freaking, you know, the entire, basically the entirety of the Suicide Squad is freaking third-tier villains with the occasional headliner coming in. Correct. You know, but really, it's like, you know, DC has really gone out of their way the last few years to, you know, Somebody is going through freaking history and being like, this guy hasn't gotten something in a while. This guy hasn't gotten something in a while. This guy hasn't gotten something in a while. Let's give them something. Or, and I, I hope it's a mixture of both. I hope it's that and also, like, like if you and I wrote a comic book, um, the people we would pick would be so out of left field and people are like, I can't believe I love this character. Like, the way we love Vigilante now. Mm-hmm. The way we yeah, Vigilante is another. Freaking the entire, the entirety, basically, of the Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> like, freaking, dude, I've got, I went out of, I, I think I, if I didn't already have their first appearances, it's Peacemaker. I think I bought six to eight of their first appearances. Just based on the fact that I love the Suicide Squad movie that much. And, they brought back Bloodsport, who I'd never heard of before. Freaking, um, you know, King Shark I'd known from freaking the New 52 Suicide Squad. Correct. But I went out. So, all right. So, you, 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 were, you were talking about uh, one of the last things you said when the recorder just all of a sudden shut off was your, uh, you know, uh, Bloodsport, never heard of the guy. You, you just bought all the number ones. And... Um, Go ahead. Yeah, no. Like I said, I didn't know Bloodsport was a character I'd never heard of until freaking James Gunn brought him back. And freaking, uh, you know, I, I had to claw and freaking 
beg to freaking finally find a decent priced first appearance of King Shark. Freaking, uh, you know, savant, uh, freaking rat catcher, you know, our good buddy Ed. You know, shout out to Ed as shout always. Out, shout out to Ed as always. You know, freaking, uh, you know, I got the first uh, three issue arc of Rat Catcher 1. You know, because there's not a Rat Catcher 2, fun fact. There's you not. know, freaking, uh, yeah, I went out of my way to freaking find, you know, um, Mongol, Mongal, not Mongol, Mongal, his Mongal. daughter. I had to had to find that one online. Now, now for you minefielders that are listening, I really got to put it in perspective about Mr. Tony Morales' love of Suicide Squad. The movie had just come out that day on uh, it was HBO Max, and uh, I had the day off. I'd watched it, and uh, I texted you something about it, and <laughs> I got we almost got to this fight. Yeah, you almost drove straight to my house to whoop my <laughs> ass because I you, you were worried I just gave you a spoiler. <laughs> that is true. Which which I which would have been totally justified. I mean, I get it. Like like if I had spoiled any bit of that movie, all I did was tell you like. Um, an idea about what how they wrote the the movie, but it was just close enough to marry an ass whooping. <laughs> yeah, so I remember I was at work. I was like freaking putting away some drams or something, and I was like, I looked at this file on my phone and it said suicide. as a Josh Suicide Squad, and I was like, I, I just want. I was just like, I I swear to God. If this motherfucker's about to give me some goddamn spoilers, I am going to drive to his place. I'm going to whoop his ass in front of his parents. <laughs> I'm going to find his sister on Facebook, and I'm going to like send her a message being like, I whooped your brother's ass. Ha <laughs> ha, sucker. He deserved and it. And freaking, he deserved it. He had it coming. Had it coming. Just to, just, to, just to merit the response of her being like, he probably did. Probably did. I, uh, dude, if, like, it would have been a criminal crime, like. Like to have ruined that movie for anyone. Like it was just, just like I don't. I legitimately don't think I even opened the message for like another two hours, just to be on the safe side. <laughs> I was like, and I read it like word for word slowly, just to be like, I swear to God, this motherfucker right here. Yeah. Like I don't know if he knows, but if he knows, if he doesn't know, he's about to know. If you don't know now, you know. On my way. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, freaking. Now, on the upside, your your ass was safe. My ass was safe. I just, <laughs> I, I really just wanted to hype it up. And, and now I'm, my my segue here on this one is, now you're talking about how well they've been building the story with uh, lower tier villains. Uh, people. Yeah, are, I just love the fact that they're bringing them back, man. Like not, because that, that's one of DC's biggest knocks over the years and i'm not necessarily a huge believer in it but like that they they push certain villains down your throat like you know every other story is a joker story is a lot of what i hear right and like they definitely like, you know freaking tom king definitely didn't do it you know the first 75 issues was building towards the showdown with bane granted we did get you know the, the war of jokes and riddles a it was a great story B, if you notice, they also utilized that trope, that same trope of using a third tier villain, because that's where we got the the updated um, origin of Kite Man. Of course, because Kite Man was a huge part of that freaking story as well. You know, and that's that's the biggest thing is like I, I want a killer's ass story, 
I want an amazing Professor Pig story. Mm. Like, I love a I love a good Riddler story if you're willing to give it to me. But give me give me some lower tier villains. You know, give me a reason why Batman's after Black Mask. Let's have some fun. Like, 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 really, yeah. it's, it's that's what. But let's have some fucking fun. Like, I, I like, you know, especially since he was the yeah, Black Mask was the big villain, the big bad in a R.I.P. You know, Harley Harley Quinn and freaking the Birds of Prey. Yes, which is what it should have been called, not the Birds of Prey, because it was a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, now, you know, it, it is what it is. Now that's not my point here. My point here is I had an aha moment at the end of this book. Was how okay. they are slowly building within the pages of, uh, to a lesser extent, uh, Titans Academy. Okay. Various Batman books. Task Force Z. Suicide Squad. I think we're building to, uh, it's, what is it? What, what place is uh, Amanda uh, obsessed with right now? Earth 6? Earth 3. Earth 3. Which is where the unjust, the, um... The Injustice League is at. Correct. Crime, syn- crime Syndicate. We're getting a slow, beautiful build. And it's not like, like you know, with a, with a standard Marvel book, like, uh, like, I remember, like I remember being at Secret War. Uh, all of a sudden, a major event happens, and all the books are involved. Mm-hmm. Just out of nowhere. And it's a summer event. There is a slow build to whatever the fuck Amanda Waller has planned for Earth 3 and what and why she is just everything going on on Earth is pretty inconsequential except she's I feel like she's collecting chess pieces to dominate whatever she's got planned in Earth 3 she is and they just started it like two weeks ago (laughs) yeah they're doing it's a five part crossover they just did um I haven't picked it up yet the war, the war on Earth three. They've got War on Earth three number one. Um, freaking, it carries over into Suicide Squad. I think they just they released the Flash last week. Yeah, we. Um, oh cross yeah, over you're with right. It. You're right. So so it wasn't on the moment do, of me uh, not being being ignorant of that War on Earth three is actually Team, team Titans Academy is next, and then there's War on Earth War uh, Earth three number two coming out. All right. All right, so I'm right. <laughs> I was immediately You're right. Dis- it just happened two weeks ago. Yeah, and three weeks ago. Last but not least, we turn the page and I'm like, okay, we're we're boiling down on either the end of a story or the end of the task force in general. And then we turn the page and we get uh, Sean Murphy, DC Black Label, uh, White Knight Volume Three or Part Three, Batman Beyond the White Knight. God. Damn it, another one. <laughs> it's te- technically the fourth one because they did White Knight. They did the second White Knight, um, Curse of the White Knight, which stars Azrael as the villain. And then they did the uh, the Harley Quinn one, which oh, was like wow. a, a plot. So technically this would be unofficially the fourth one in this universe. But it's it's I mean freaking I've 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 been promoting the White Knight the entire time I've got every issue so far. No, you, freaking you, I personally can't wait. You weren't wrong. Uh, it even made me a fan of Harley Quinn. Yeah, that was that's a that's a that's a hard sell, dude. That's, yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not the world's biggest Harley Quinn fan. The other thing is, is I look at this cover. 
And I'm like, okay, I don't have any of the White Knight McFarlane figures. I gotta get those. Of course, we got Batman Beyond in the front. I don't have the Batman Beyond yet. I do have a Red Hood. Um, but then uh, old uh, Uncle Todd releases uh, this week previews of the uh, Hush action figures. God damn it. <laughs> uh, uh, he, needs an, he needs an extension to that guest house you bought him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, with a jacuzzi and a private parking spot, and dude, he's gonna, he's, he needs a tennis court, man. Summer season's coming up. <laughs> he needs a, he need he needs a freaking tennis court adjacent to his pool. You bought him, yes, sir. Uh, the hush comes with a shovel. Genius. I know exactly what scene that is too. Gen- yeah, you know exactly. I know. I know. All, all he's missing is the freaking uh, Tim Drake. <laughs> Or not Tim Drake, Jason Todd, uh, Matt, the head you put on there. Or the tombstone? Yeah, or the tombstone. The tombstone is part of the two-pack with Batman. Oh, man. He he wants that... He, <laughs> he wants that tennis court, brother. He wants that tennis court, brother, and he's going to fucking get it because I'm going to buy that fucking two-pack. <laughs> Uh, I know. I'm gonna buy that fuck. It, it comes with a shovel and the tombstone, dude. Like, like, like. You I'm, don't need your phone bill paid for the month. It's not a big deal. No, I don't need. I mean, this was like, like, this is like heroin shit. Like, uh, made me think of that. Uh, it made me think of that. Uh, Dave Chappelle joke. Like, uh, cigarette prices are so, so, uh, so expensive now. People are so sick and dicks for cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's packs a day, brother. That's crack prices. Like, like. I don't want to be one of those dudes in the corner of Academy and fucking uh, <laughs> uh, Union. Like, we'll suck dicks for McFarlane figures. <laughs> and with that, we got canceled. It was a good run. It was a good run. <laughs> it was like, we made 132 issues. That's not bad. Not bad, man. We're canceled. But, oh, well, we got to get that. About half the issues I got from my last ex-girlfriend. Can you imagine what's gonna happen if he does a, if he does a Babs Nightwing and Bitewing three pack? Where it comes to the Bitewing. Yeah, you're gonna buy it. Gonna, <laughs> yeah, want that Bitewing? I'm gonna like we're gonna, so, we're gonna go so both of us are gonna go so far to go to like we're gonna adopt a dog and like no not that one not that one well that one only has three legs yeah we want that's the one we want. <laughs> why why are we adopting a dog? Well, we don't both, live together. That's weird. We're both adopting dogs. We're both adopting individual three-legged dogs. Individual three-legged dogs. For, yeah. for both of our palatial estates. Yeah. Great estates. <laughs> still, I'm like, it, like, it's funny. I, I, I put my uh, YTJ Kusherka, my hero, I, I, I pinned it to the uh, wall and have it like really high, like overlooking okay. what, what I'm working at. So every time if so I... So it's like almost, but Kusherka. Yeah, but even then, he's watching what I'm doing. Like, if it doesn't hold up to YTJ, <laughs> your Lord, Boyer, your he, Lord and Savior, Christian, Lord and Savior. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Breaketh the walls at down. Mmm, <laughs> sacrilegious. Mm-hmm. Ah. I don't even know it's how to do funny because it's true. I don't even know how to do a Robin segue meme because I got I got to take point on this one because I'm. I, uh, well, let me take point up to a point. 
This is this is issue twelve. The ending, and we'll get to that in a minute. But don't fucking do it, DC. Don't fucking give us another Robin number one. Continue the gravitas of an established Robin comic book. Don't just give us six or three or one shot. Keep this going. Like I, I want this. I I, I want to be talking about Robin number seventy eight. Not I would I would love to freaking see a bunch of comic book go back to start getting into like the three hundreds again. It'd be yeah. amazing. Especially with Robin. I mean Damien Damien merits it, man. Like the like the, the lessons he's learned, the 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 random I love the I love the buddy the buddy thing with him and Hawk. Dude I love them just talking about their dads. 100%. Like, like it's it's amazing to be like, what would you what would you do if your dad was a superhero, and like you're kind of trying to live in his shadow, or trying to trying to live up to that mantle, but at the same time you're like, you're trying to do your own thing, and like you're but you're gonna be affected by it. It's brilliant. Screw you, dad. How, how many actual how many actual comic books do you get that thought process with? You know, that's a good point. And yeah, the, the 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 buddy the buddy cop thing going on here, like bonded with like they like they they did the stepbrother things. Like, we just become fresh best friends, and he's he's got his girl. He's got. Uh, how did you feel about how much uh, Talia had to do with this one? Because like, I mean, there was some ha ha here that was definitely merited, which I definitely popped for. You know, like he stole her entire ship. He didn't steal like her. Uh, or Quinjet that could fit like eight people. No, he stole a uh, uh, a floating yacht. <laughs> well, that's that's a thing, man. Like I said, I fell out of comic books really right around the time Damien came into being, and like I didn't come back. By the time I came back into it with uh, the New Fifty Two, like Robin was, you know, Damien was just Batman's son, and Talia was for the most part out of the picture. Right. Like, I've never really seen a whole lot of freaking Damien's relationship with his mom. Like, how does he feel about her? And, like, you know, how does she feel about him? You know, is she she proud of him? Does she despise him? Is he, you know, does he love his mom? You know, I've never really seen a whole lot of that. You know, just she was... You know, he was basically a weapon to use against or to bring Batman into the fold. You know, yeah. he was he was something that was manipulated. You know, and you know, you hear about stuff like that where freaking kids are manipulated between parents that aren't together right. as a weapon, and that's horrible. It's it's a terrible, terrible like, thing. No matter no matter whether you're with the uh the, you know, in our case, we would be the mother of your, you know, your child or not. You know, you should never, you know, you should never go out of your way to bash them or keep them away, unless it endangers the the safety of the child. Correct. You know, freaking, and to think that you know somebody that would do that is not, you know, that's, in my opinion, characteristically a, you know, makes you a bad person. If you'd parent. be willing to use your freaking kid against the other, you know, the other parent, you know, and that's that's horrible. 
and like you know you, you like we kind of like they kind of build it up like that's kind of what Talia does but like by the end of the book you find out it's not really what she's doing like she's at the end of the day she still loves her son and she's freaking she wants what's best for him but he might not understand what that means per se Man, I'm glad you landed on that because I, I thought it was a whole load of bullshit because I, I, I wanted to have a good happy ending in the story here. But when, when I'm reading this, I, all I could see was uh, a knockoff Electra trying to manipulate whoever she has to manipulate to get Matt Murdock to join the hand. Yeah, no, I can definitely I can definitely see the point on that. But like when they're because like you know, later on in this issue, you know, she talks about how she doesn't she doesn't like this girl and she doesn't think no this girl is good for her son and like that's kind of the big that's kind of a huge selling point is that like you know maybe you know this is a girl this is a girl that literally ripped her son's heart out but then they're kissing yeah and like that sounds so dumb but on the other hand when you're a teenager and you're in love, like, you know, obviously that's an extreme version of things. Right. Even but I kind of get it. Like, we all had, you, we've all had that girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever that was horrible for worse. 100%. And the, and the more your parents would be like, this, you know, this is bad. This is bad. This is a horrible idea. This is freaking ridiculous. You're like, no, mom, I love her. You don't understand. Yeah, you love. you don't understand. <laughs> you know. Had that and like we and we've all been there. I, hear, I, I know exactly what girl and exactly what. Yeah, I, I I could name her right now. I won't, but I could. <laughs> right, and but then you we know. get the, we get a little little taste of sweetness here. Like, well, before that, even too, though, we, you know, real quick, you know, we go, see, go for it, go for it. you know, we got Robin, <laughs> we got Damien, you know, at the grave of Alfred Pennyworth, and he's got the he's got the Lazarus resin with him. Is it the resin or is it the is it the shit from the like? Like, I feel like there's three different shits here now. There's the stuff from the Lazarus pits. There's whatever they extracted from the demon. And then there's also uh, the Lazarus Resurin, which we were talking about in Task Force Z. Yeah, and that, that's the like I, I get the fact that they're freaking like, looks like they're they're all kind of talking a little bit more. I feel like, but the, I think this is blatantly called the resin. I I still think, but it, it, it would the, be they, obviously the stuff that's extracted from the demon. They did call it the resin, but the resin was to do with the Lazarus pits, but mm-hmm. from the demon. But then we found out that. And like we said earlier, that the what was going on in the um, in Task Force Z was just the uh, Resurrection Man, you know, putting his hand yeah. in some dirty, dirty soap water. Um, yeah. But yeah, nonetheless, you know, the, the he's the, Damien's there to bring Alfred back. You know, he ends up seeing a another version of himself because he's freaking. You know, he's kind of he's not all there because of his fight with the demon. Right, but at the end of the day, he ends up destroying the resin himself, and that's kind of the big thing. Is that freaking his mom? Because they end up him and the other Robin that's not really there end up falling into this open grave, and he's helped out 
by his mother. And that's when they finally talk. And she sees that instead of using it to bring Alfred back, he ends up freaking destroying, he ends up breaking it on his tombstone and freaking, you know, just, you know, during a fight with, during a fight with, this is part of the, the madness from the, the, from the, from the, the shit from the demon. Who's he, is he fighting, is who he's fighting, who he thinks is like a different version of himself. Is that Talia? No, I don't think it's, I think it's all in his head. Gotcha. Like his mother just happens to be there because like you said, he stole the jet, but she knows where he's going. You know, and in the end though, it's like, you know, he just, he couldn't do it because the whole thing is that, you know, anything that comes out of the Lazarus pit, no matter who it is, including his family, you know, including race, including mother soul, you know, including himself even. Good point, brother. He he says it blatant, plain as day. You know, when you go into the pit, it puts something evil in you, puts something dark inside of you. And he couldn't do it to Alfred because no matter what, it wouldn't be him. And you know, Alfred Alfred basically, especially for the Bat family, much like Superman, is basically cast as everything that's right in the world. Correct. You know, and he just. If if Damien if Damien gave it to him and brought him back to the from the dead, it would be a tarnished version of Alfred. It it reminded me of the tale of the three brothers from Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows uh, when mm-hmm. they're talking about the resurrection stone. Yeah, the first brother, the brother that got the resurrection stone, brought back his lost love, but soon she grew sad in a shell and not of this earth. Um, it reminded me of that, and it's. It's. I'm not saying that Damien watches Harry Potter. I'm saying that he re- he realized. Oh, he totally watches Harry Potter. He's got to have a watch Harry Potter. Oh yeah. I didn't want to call him out on the show, but you know, definitely watch uh, Harry Potter. He watches. Dude, he reads anime. He reads freaking manga. He freaking re- He watches freaking. He watches Potter. Totally. Who doesn't? When it comes to the manga, like when when you're talking about the ex girlfriend stuff, it really. Uh, brought something to the forefront to me. It was like, how many times, uh, like when you're you're that teenager in love, mom doesn't understand, you shouldn't be trusting with this chick, um, that you start assimilating her her likes, but or what she's into. Yeah, I totally like that band. That's one of my favorite bands. <laughs> like, you know, oh yeah, go straight to Hot Topic, buy the CD, listen to the shit out of it, and figure out the, what the hell it's about to make sure that she still loves you uh, when she wants to talk about it. But on the other hand, here, she's doing it. She's sitting there chilling, reading some manga, and and I like yeah. the, uh, the, well, the the thing. Real quick, before we go into that part, I want to I want to end with the uh, please go back to the thing with freaking Robin because like I said, this is just juicy. Because it's got so much story building in it. Love you it. know, freaking Talia's here. She's got her ninjas with her. And Damien's just, you know, let's just fight to the death. This is what you want. You know, and they start, and she starts trying to fight with him. Or he starts trying to fight with her. And he's like, he, she's like, no, look, I'm not, I, I just want to talk to you. Like, she's like, you know, our family's been broken for literally generations. You know, and I, I, and I've been a huge part of that. You know, and let, but I wanna, I wanna go out of our way to fix this. Break the cycle and, and together. Yeah, I wanna break the cycle, 
And, you know, I want you to stay with me, not as my weapon, but as my son. And, like, Damien just drops. Like, you see him, you know, as she says that, his fists are in the air. And the next thing you know, his fists are by his side. He's like, I, I would be open to that. You know, I would. At the end of the day, he still, he still loves his mother. And wants the relationship. Yeah, and he, he wants that connection. But we, the thing, you know, the thing is, is freaking, you know, we're, I mean, we're going to have to find it out, you know, is Talia serious or is this Talia's latest way to use her son against her father, his father, or just as a weapon, you know, in and of himself? Because, you know, like I said, Damien's a bad man. He's a bad teenager, you know, and he, and funny enough, at the end of it, you know. No more joyriding in my airships, and we need to talk about your new, uh, your new friend, Flatline. I don't like her. And Damien's just like, I don't care, mother. I don't care. And then we go to Tokyo, Japan, and I'll let you take point. Now, before we, before we get to that, I just noticed something. I've never seen a superhero where both logos of who he used to be and who he is now. He's got the D on the belt and the R on the, on the chest. <laughs> I didn't notice that actually. Like that's that that's a little gaudy, but he's still like that's uh, it, it definitely accentuates the the line like uh like I remember the line from House of Thousand Corpses like uh, no I'm sorry Devil's Rejects I'm walking the line here brother, he's walking the line, like like yeah like and the funny thing too now that you mentioned it is you notice the D is straight up where you can see it, the R is cocked to the side cocked to the side. Great point, man. That's something else, man. And and I, I, I it, it, you, you were so right when it comes to um, it, the way he's fighting. And you know, but as my son, like, 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 if you were gonna fight a guy, or if a guy, like, like, I, I've been in, I, I'm not Mr. Billy Badass. I've been in a couple of fights, not a lot. Okay. But I remember the last fight I got into. Uh, this guy shoved me, and him shoving me. Wanting to start a fight when I told him I don't want to fight you, and he's like two feet shorter than me. Um, I don't want to fight me? you. No, it wasn't you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Make sure. When 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 you shove a guy, if you want to fight, that all that tells the other guy is you don't know how to fight. <laughs> like it's it's either time to boogie or not. What are, what are we gonna? Slap, <laughs> you know, you know, like or 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 are we gonna, are we gonna get the business? And um, yeah. and when he's ready for business and she's just dodging, she's, you know, strafing, all that good shit. And as my son, he went from here to here and the, the expression on his face was just confusion. And then immediate acceptance and shame and, okay, let's do it. I, I, I do want, I, like, the, the, like, the way his, his head is slightly tilted and, like, the expressions on this, like, Artist knocked it out. Of the oh yeah, yeah. No, it, it's great. You can you can feel the emotion. Like at the end of the day, like you know, he expects one thing, and she totally catches him off guard. And that's the thing. Like I said, it, if she's sincere, awesome. You know, but if she's not, at the end of the day, all he wants, all Damien really wants, is a family. Like, he knows at the end of the day, he fucked up, and he freaking, he lost Alfred because of it. That was his mess up. 
that is his version of Batman losing Jason Todd. Jesus, great point. You know, at the end of the day, that I mean, if nothing else, that's what you know. The things that tear him and his father apart are the things that you know should, in theory, bring them together because they both face this great loss. And to this day, we haven't seen that conver- that conversation between him, between Damien and Bruce. Right. We, you know, there's there's not been an "I'm sorry," there's not been an "I forgive you," there's not been a "Hey, you, you know, you did what you thought was right, and you know, it didn't work out, and you know, it happens." That's wonderful. You know, we we've never gotten, and I think that's where this. I'd like to think that's where this is going. To, is going to end up in that conversation. Building a family, not yeah. necessarily together, but on the same page. That's literally the yeah. most we could ask for. Yeah, and I mean that's that's the thing, and the thing about it is though, is once they have that conversation, what's going to happen? Because it could either end, you know, with a father and son reuniting, or it could be the thing that breaks them apart because they just they can't agree on it. Because we don't, we don't necessarily know. What if, what if Bruce blames Damien for what happened? That's a good point. You know, or what? Or what if Bruce freaking never blamed Damien? It's just, it, it, you know, it, it's as sad as it is. It's a freaking casualty of the life they live. Don't forget, it's been a year. Robin's been abroad for a year. It's been, mm-hmm. it's been almost a year since we've gotten. Uh, and I'm not saying that Teen Titans Academy isn't very good. It's definitely not as good as what Teen Titans was before Damien pieced the fuck out. And it's been a year. Now, keep in mind here, uh, the the parallel here. They're vibrating at the same frequency. Some weird shit went down. It was my fault, and I'm just going to go international. Batman went, yeah. to, Batman went to Batslaviska, <laughs> or whatever the hell it was. Magnesia. Magnesia, Batnesia. Um, Damien went to the Lazarus Island. Uh, I, I, I hope that when they do, uh, you know, meet again, that they've got a clear head. They've they've got the the bullshit other system. That, like Damien, for goddamn sure, is coming back a million light years more mature than he was uh, when he could have killed a few different people. When it, we're coming off a, a story arc where he's not telling the Teen Titans until they find out, yeah, I'm kidnapping the guys that were catching and torturing them in the basement. Just deal with it. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and now, now, yeah. now he was mature enough to know not to resurrect Alfred. Uh, maybe I should take the opportunity for growth with my mom, uh, because she did. Well, the funny thing is too, though, if we're going to go on that, please, at the end of the day, Bruce resurrected Damien. Yeah, he did. He lost his mind for, I think it was a good six to eight months when everyone told him it was a bad idea. And he brought back Damien, and Damien ended up getting superpowers for a few months. And, like, at the end of the day, you know, he was willing to do whatever it took. So that's another thought process of, like, you know, Damien now. And granted, you know, in theory, he's completely correct. Oh, yeah. about not bringing back Alfred because of you know what the resin does to people, you know. But Bruce was willing to do like Bruce literally went to apocalypse 
to get Damien's body back to resurrect him. You know, and at the end of the day, Damien didn't do it. Right, so that could that could lead a whole other thought process behind it. I think they need, and I agree, uh, and I think they need to keep that 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 sort of thought process going because uh, you you know the uh, armchair Booker it writes itself, brother. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Batman. He loves his son so much, no matter how much of a piece of shit the kid is, that he's going to go all the way to Apocalypse and resurrect him without thinking of the consequences. It writes itself, brother. Did we like what we got? Kinda. I'm glad Damien came back. But yeah. but the, 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 the potential for growth in storytelling within what we just got... And, and, and mm-hmm. this, this is, this is a, a, a story wrap-up. I mean, like... Uh, Obviously, it can't be a nice tight bow, and everyone's happy. Everyone's partying. We, we mm-hmm. got one, two panels of, of peace between Talia and Damien. Like they're not, you know, vacationing. No, no. If we got two panels, and I think that's all we should fucking get. Oh yeah. In, until we get into the shit where yeah. he, he's learning from mom, where she's actually trying to care, but I'm still gonna be worried about that whole lecture thing. Just we're just still trying to trick. Batman to come to the uh, the the League of Shadows or the the League, what is it called now the League of Assassins League of Assassins or, or they, they've got a new name now now that uh, they've unified everything. Oh yeah, I don't I can't even yeah, tell you what it, 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 it was kind of whack. It was kind of whack, but even the name itself. But the idea is so cool. But then, uh, yeah. um, of all the times I got into something in, in advancing on. Of all the times I got into something that uh, a girl I was trying to impress when I was a teenager, uh, and mm-hmm. they, ne- they never got into my shit. I never had a girl that like uh, started listening to the same music as me to try and impress me or read the same books or comic books. And and we've got Flatline here reading the the romantic manga. Manga. Yeah, just uh. just uh, she's into it, but at the same time though, her her sensei. Is one of the baddest motherfuckers ever with the heart of a demon. <laughs> Good job, oh. little girl. <laughs> Brought me the heart of a demon. She's looking on like, yeah, that's cool. What do we do is fine. My boyfriend's gonna be cool with it. <laughs> just, it, it, just please, DC, don't do a new number one. Just keep Robin going. I, I like. Oh yeah, no, they're definitely they're definitely gonna keep it going. They're definitely building it. So that's the thing. This is this is the end of Act One. I'm talking about the numbers. Uh, I'm talking about the numbers mattering to me the way that even though they don't kind of matter because if the story keeps going, even if it's the number one, it's still happening the way that um, the way that uh, the wins and losses matter in AEW. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, I totally got you. I just, like I said, I just don't. This, this is continuing. There's no way. I mean, like you said, we we turn around and we see Lord Deathman holding this freaking freaking casing with freaking Robin's heart in it because, you know, obviously since freaking everybody on the island had three deaths before they were done, you know, his heart grew back when she ripped it off, ripped it out of him and out of his chest in the first issue. So they've sitting here with the, uh, literally the blood, you know, the heart of a demon in his, the palm of his hand. So you, you can't not continue that you know let alone with what happens in the epilogue 
Yeah, that, uh, like, I gotta say, I like the epilogue. Uh, it's, it's funny seeing Raish just watch his mother just completely out of her goddamn mind, chained to the wall. And she knows the secret. You're dying. And uh, I unfortunately didn't land on the conclusion, oh no, Rachel Gould is dying. That might be a good story. What I thought was, this Rachel Gould looks badass. You know who should play him in a movie? Antoine the Gigolo. <laughs> he's got a real life name. It's, I don't uh, know what it is, but... it's he, he's, uh, he's Israeli. It's... Uh, oh, God. Yeah, if he still if he still looks like the way he did in the Mummy, then yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that him, him, yeah. him that that'd be a dream. That'd be a dream booking for Ray Shogul as Antoine the Gigolo. <laughs> yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Well, well, how did you like it, man? Like, uh, I, 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 I really enjoyed <coughs> every panel, uh, the anticipation of each new issue of Robin. It's been really solid, man. Freaking like, this, I mean, every issue's been good. We got to introduced to some new characters. We got introduced to some a uh, lot of sidekicks. You know, we got the reintroduction of Connor Hawk. Well, at the same time, you know, we've we get the in, the introduction of Mother Soul, who's Rachel Gould's mother. You know, but overall, like, this has been a great read. That like, you know, you never know what's really gonna happen. You don't know who's necessarily on whose side. You know, the fact that freaking, at the end of the day, Flatline turned around and gave her quote-unquote boyfriend's heart to the guy that freaking, you know, she's the sidekick for is interesting and insane. And, you know, plus, you know, we're getting, I would assume we're getting the continuation of Robin going forward, as well as this leading into the Shadow War. You know, and I don't know if that's necessarily going to be what brings Batman back into Damien's life. Um, you know, but the fact that Rachel Ghoul could actually die is super interesting. Into the Shadow War, it is 100% you know? interesting. I, I'm gonna go on a limb here. Robin's been so good, even though it's a, you know, he's pretty green uh, on comic book accounts in terms of like it's mm-hmm. probably gonna be five, six years or ten years before they, they introduce Damien into a DC movie. Um, but I like if it if we go into a shadow war and that's a, I think Damien merits could can merit a summer event. I could see it. Why not? It'd be it'd be interesting to see. Like I mean, they got to build up all this extra lore first to really. You got You got to build up, you know, Nightwing at least as a credible character, to give Damien something to battle against. Because at the end of the day, he's have that desire to initially be Robin, right? That's a that's such a key component to who he was originally. That I don't think you can just skim over that and make him Robin, because it just it doesn't. It, then he's basically Dick Grayson. Yeah, we can't do that, and it, it would it would discredit it would discredit all the things that we love and cherish about Dick Grayson. Like, yeah. oh, oh, no, Damien's just as good, right, brother? Right, brother? He's just as good, right? <laughs> like, yeah. no. No, he's different. Let's tell a different story. It, mm-hmm. Discrediting the history of Dick Grayson of Nightwing would yeah. discredit all the glorious things that's happening right now in Nightwing. Um, yeah. I mean, even if you did, even if you introduced, like, even if you bypassed, in theory, 
all the, the all the Batman stuff and just brought him in as night as Dick Grayson as Nightwing as a character, you could at least do some flashback stuff to really make that work. You know, you or if you're freaking if you because I don't think that the DC the DC universe on TV works well enough that you could utilize Titans to build Nightwing as an individual character. Not at all. With the Batman in the movies. Like, I just don't think that's going to work. Not at all. No. But you could definitely introduce Nightwing as a character in the movies and do some flashback Batman stuff as Robin to really make that sink in. And then you could introduce... Because they've already established that there is Robins in the in the DC, uh, DC you know, EU AU or, or DCU because of freaking like Suicide Squad with the uh, the homage to Jason Todd, right? So you could de- I mean they've definitely established Robins to that extent, but they need to really give us that emotional connection to make it work. The emotional connection before has, you has brought to, in Damien as his son has has to. You can't just quickly go into Dick Grayson. Oh, he's badass. He's cool and all. Oh, but here's Damien now. Like, whoa, 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 hold on a second here. Like, slow your yeah. goddamn horses down. Like, like we we gotta. Yeah. If if the D because I I feel like the DCU has learned from the disaster. Like, the entire problem with Batman v Superman was that they freaking they spent so much time building other movies that they didn't build the movie they were making. And and that led into the you know the original cut of Justice League yeah. that didn't work because they didn't spend enough time building the Flash, building Aquaman, building Cyborg. Yeah, they they like they, they like That's where they went wrong. We just I agree 100%, like absolute 100%. Like not to mention like the continuous point that you always brought up, like don't give me some fucking aloof ADD asshole as the fucking Flash. The Flash is a motherfucking oh, no. badass. He is a yeah. CSI detective. Like he's best friends with Nightwing. Uh, do not and like and we just get introduced to the Flash, and then you're already teasing Flashpoint. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Uh, and I mean that's the thing to give us, you know, give us stories. That's why we like DC in the first place. Give us stories. Give us heart. The slow burn. G- like give me, give me a Superman that cares. No, that is the whole purpose of Superman is that he is hope. He is hope. No matter no matter how bad things get, as long as we've got Superman, we're gonna be okay. I was watching. And that's that's where things go wrong with Superman is that they don't they don't build that up properly. Like they don't have the you know, Superman movies. That's where Smallville got it right. Was that Superman was always about hope? And Lex Luthor was about narcissistic villainy, like yeah. and jealousy, which is pretty goddamn close to the high school in the real world like uh you mm-hmm. hear those phrases like the the people like the half the people in your corner that are turning you on really aren't happy to see you succeed and yeah. and um i, I want to get back to the 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 toyo ghoul thing with the electric okay. with the electric thing um i don't mind it i mean there's nothing wrong i mean it, it's established there's nothing wrong with completely ripping off someone's character from the other fed. 
as long as you do it right. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking Deadpool uh, and... Um, God, Deathstroke. Uh, Deathstroke. We're talking uh, Century Superman. Superman and Hyperion. Yeah. We're... Yeah, I got you. A, a lot of different things here. Now, okay, so... Electra's in all red. Talia Ghoul's in all, all white. Electra has size. Talia's got... Uh, two, two katanas. Um, the 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 buildup of the establishing of the relationship between her and Damien, mother son. Mm-hmm. She's already starting. It was it was a cool quick haha. They can get away with it once. You know I don't like your girlfriend. I don't care what you think, mother. Uh, yeah, we needed that. It broke the tension. It, it, well, that's the thing. It, it humanized them. Hundred percent. Like at the end of the day, they need to humanize the really. Like I said, I don't feel like we've ever gotten a great establishment of what their relationship is. Correct. Like she's always kind of like, like she's not a she's not a Selena Kyle. She's not a Catwoman. She's not the most. She, she has never come off as the most important woman. In Bruce Wayne's life, no, you know no, we've no, always no. got, you know, freaking for all the uh, all the jokes you can make about freaking like Selena Kyle being the uh, the hot chicken leather that freaking you know had, you know Bruce Wayne can't you know he can't quit her, you know, no, she like they they've had a long term. Relationship like Talia's, oh, like, but I, I think, funnily enough, going into exact freaking, um, like company to company things as far as Marvel and DC goes, Talia kind of comes off like the uh, more of the black cat to Peter Parker to Batman's Peter Parker, whereas she's the dangerous one, which is hilarious when the fact that. You know, black cats always kind of come off as a cat rip off of Catwoman. Yeah, but like if, Talia Al Ghul's totally that because like Mary Jane's always been, you know, since Gwen Stacy, obviously, has been Peter Parker's number one. Right. And for for you know Bruce Wayne, for Batman fans, the last twenty thirty years minimal. Like, you know, Catwoman's always been like Catwoman's always been the number one for Bruce Wayne, no matter. Who else he was with? How long it lasted? It didn't matter. It was always going to be freaking Selena Kyle. You know, it's 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 great you say that because uh, a couple of issues ago, I could say about like eight issues ago, when Parker got overdosed on radiation, was in the hospital, and we've got Ben Riley, the second second Ben Riley, which is the real one, um, running wild as the official Spider Man. Uh, Spidey's in the hospital, Mary Jane's sitting there by his side, day and night, and Black Cat comes in, and she's like, oh, hey. And Black Cat's like, hey, hello. And the look on Mary Jane's face was like, bitch, don't even try. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. even try. Don't even try. I Like, I'm uh, I'm number one here. If, if Brucey was in the, uh, in the ER and, uh, Selena's sitting there chilling, making sure you know he's okay, getting the proper care he needs. And Talia shows up. The look on her on Mary J. and uh, Selena Kyle's eyes would have been like, "Bitch, I'm number one here." 
you better tread tread lightly because it don't piss me off. It, like, yeah, you were one hundred percent right about that. It's always got to be Selena. It, it, yeah. You know, it always happens, you know, freaking even to the point where Damien talks about it when like a couple issues ago in Robin, when him and uh, when him and Connor Hogg are talking about their parents freaking thing, the things they're into, you know, he he talks about the leather and Connor turns around and he's like, he's like, yeah, for my dad, it's fishnets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so even they recognize that like, you know, their mothers aren't necessarily the, uh, the first loves of their father's lives or like the main loves of their lives. Shit. These, these bros need to get together and start a podcast and, uh, uh, they're, they're sort of fed. <laughs> yeah, I, they do. I know two guys that did that shit. <laughs> yeah, I didn't start it, but doing what we can do what we can. That's uh, but yeah, I mean that's the thing though, man. Freaking like, like I hadn't thought about it previously, but yeah, I think that's kind of what it is. Like, like he's always had feelings for Talia, but like she's never been like they've. I've I've never read anything where they perceive her as like the number one. No, never. Not even they, they didn't even they didn't even hint at it when they were like. I mean, they could have in the new Fifty Two and and mm-hmm. uh, Rebirth that she was the number one. Nah. Don't piss us off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's always Selena Kyle, you know, and they freaking, they almost got married in issue 50 and all that, you know, and they really haven't, I don't think like they've overly addressed that as of yet, and I think they need to at some point, you know, we'll see what happens. Now, when it well, comes, like, tell me, sorry. No, you were saying? Well, I was, no, good. I was thinking about segue to detective, uh, things that shouldn't be said, we we've got our head drunk reporter reporting live. Good old Deb Donovan. Deb Donovan. Well, I had to reference old Bruce Wayans. Like every time he does a, a recording, any sort of this is Bruce Wayans recording live. I mean, I, I pop every time he does it. It's like, of course, <laughs> of course it's live. Like, what else is it? It's wonderful. Just keep talking. <laughs> Just keep talking. Uh, she's reporting live. And um, we get uh, Bats and uh, Bats W come in. And like, yeah, we promised you some information. Uh, the, what, the way she's reporting through this issue... Here's what I know. Mm-hmm. Here's what I can't tell you. Cop, quote unquote, fill in the goddamn blanks. Yeah. Here is uh, a con artist, a man with a significant rap sheet of petty fraud charges who used the medical license of the late Dr. James Ware to forge his credentials. All right, so a couple things that stand out. Uh, armchair booking wise for future uh, yeah like we, we only got like eight issues of this, of this wear asshole and they threw his ass out of a fucking window I don't think about way before eight issues but you know, he's been he's been dead for a minute we're just catching up now right right but I'm, I'm just talking about where he's like someone that's like an integral part of the story as, a, as opposed to uh, some green guy that wants to put Arkham over <laughs> and, yeah. and a new vet and um yeah, he's dead. the The way she's reporting was genius, and I, I love the fact how much of a functional alcoholic she is. Because like 
immediately Batwoman and, and Batman come in the room. She's like, you want a drink before we get in this shit? Because I do. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I do. Like, like, like in, uh, at the funeral for where, uh, Nakano's there. Mm-hmm. Nakano's there. Um, Chase Meridian's there. Like th- this is yet another, it, it, little suspicious, even though we don't have a big, uh, DC movie coming out anytime soon. Uh, about how all these books are kind of winding down at the same time. Um, but the way they're doing it, I think, is genius. I, I, I think it relaxes the tension so we can have a breather. Okay, I, I don't know about you, but, like, I was still calling, like, the X-Men is the only time I enjoy a comic book when uh, there's more than four pages of, like, we defeated the villain. Let's just have a drink. Let's party. <laughs> like, let's go to the pool. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, because they're in constant turmoil. But, like, when it comes to these books, like, we have very little uh, moments of stasis and moments of... Um, I can see that. And we, we, we don't need that. But we got one quick brief moment of it. And this, it, it's like, we, we you and I have talked uh, ad nauseum about how to do a correct first issue how to introduce the characters how to and and you and i talk about it often about how to introduce a new wrestler how to put their gimmick over uh how to you know do what we can to make sure that the crowd loves it but yeah we've never talked about an issue where they're like okay really quickly all the stray ends that could possibly we could question whether or not they're gonna you know change it later on in the future but this is what really happened uh, you know, ten or eight years later, uh, ten issues or eight years later, uh, that's not what really happened, but it got wrapped up in a nice pretty bow from a reporter who is justifiably the only person that could possibly tell the story to the Gotham, the Gothamites, the, like the actual yeah. people living in Gotham, people that would buy the newspaper, uh, go to the websites to figure out what the fuck is happening in there tiny little corner uh, right across the way from uh, Bloodhaven or what happened at their bodega or like, like this, this is, this is integral. The right person is telling the story. Oh yeah. No, I didn't. I, I don't believe that Donovan was prevalent before this story kind of came out and she's freaking, they, they, they made, like I said, they made her really integral. Like they, I think they might've debuted her right beforehand in like a B story with the Huntress. Correct. I think it's where they actually brought I, her out. I remember that. With the uh, but like freaking they 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 built her up and made they built her up slowly and made her made her somebody that Batwoman intricately trusts and freaking is willing to give information to even if it's not hold up her com- you know yeah confidential information. Well, you know because we've got this whole Arkham Tower thing where freaking. The whole the whole thing was supposed to be that it was supposed to help the average person in Gotham City deal with their mental just the stress of you know being a Gothamite and like you know this was going to be funded by City Hall you know by Mayor Nakano and freaking the whole time we find out that this this con man utilizing his friend the psycho pirate who apparently is his real-life friend, is like, you know, we're, we're going to take these guys for all they're worth. 
And that's brilliant. You know, because if you, you know, if you were already a con man with a freaking rap sheet a mile long for petty fraud, and you had a friend that could basically warp the emotions with a thought of everybody in a building, why wouldn't you utilize that? And build the story. Uh, like, man, when, when, it, when it comes to him, it's like, like Psycho Pirate was a victim himself. And it, the, we didn't get no sob story, like, oh, my wife was killed. No, like, he, he was used. Used and abused. And yeah. the Bat family sees that. Uh, not to mention the fact that, uh, wow, we've got a fraudster heading the end-all, be-all. Nakano is just like, listen, I just almost died by some crazy-ass parasites in a sub sub sewer. <clears throat> yeah. And then right after man. that, my wife's involved in this stuff. Yeah. Because she's got her mental issues, and she's trapped in this building. And the only person going out of her his way to legitimately help her is the guy that's freaking over here controlling everybody else. Yep. I thought she was dead for sure, man. I thought it was. I thought we were going to get some bullshit. It writes itself, brother. Story. Where Nakano, oh yeah, I could totally see where they would have killed her off, and that throws Nakano over the edge. And clear. freaking, that's why we. That's why we get the peacekeepers. Loud and clear. I can totally see. Like Loud you said, it writes itself. No, it doesn't. Don't give. You us... know, but instead we get this freaking psycho pirate that is trying to help this woman escape. Because at the end of the day, maybe he actually is a good dude, or maybe he just realizes. I'm in over my head, and I'm screwed if I don't. And this chick can help me get out alive. Because mm. it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a good dude. It just means that he found the right person to help him out. Or he just got mixed in with the wrong guy that was able to tell him, like... What he wanted to hear. What he wanted to hear. And, God, that is such a goddamn good point. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. that. That, that, is, that. I is... mean, that's the thing, dude. For You could really go a multitude of ways with this. Psycho Pirate could be a good guy wanting to reform. He could be just trying, he in it for himself, and he sees the fact that this is the mayor's wife, and if he helps her, he helps himself. You know, because at the end of the day, you know, we see him, you know, he's, they're, they're trapped in this hotel after the events of Arkham Tower, and freaking the Penguin's men are trying to kill them, and freaking we see the entire Bat family picking off the Penguin's men one at a time, and we see them finally find like they're going door to door in this rundown apartment. You know, we see her in that rundown hotel, motel. You know, we see them freaking knocking on the door, and this couple's having sex. We see him knocking on this door, and this dude's asleep. Yeah. We see this this guy freaking freaking out. I didn't do it. And freaking, Not he's me. like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. You know. And we see this psycho pirate alone in this freaking hotel room. And he's like, you know, the the guy that finds him is like, you're going to stand up slower or I'll shoot your hand off. And beforehand, freaking, they're just these same guys that are knocking on these doors are getting picked off one by one by the Bat family. One by and, one. Yeah, and we see this guy freaking going to shoot Psycho Pirate, but Psycho Pirate freaking gets the gun off his hand, takes the mask off, takes the freaking cloak off, and it's Batman himself. Who has just returned to Gotham City after being in Badnesia for you know an extended amount of time? 
Yeah, right. we see right. Oswald pissed. Slavic Stanislav. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then we see freaking Batgirl, Batman, and a Batwoman just leave and being like, you know, we got, you know, we got the rest of the team. All the Penguins henchmen, you know, they're they're all down. And she's like, you know, thank you all. And then, like you said, they go to the funeral for uh, Mr. Doctor Ware or the presumed Doctor Ware. Right. You know, we see a uh, freaking you know Deb Donovan's there, the mayor's there. You know, and she's she's you know they're talking with people, and freaking this you know this guy used the entire city, and freaking you know Mayor Nakano is just like, you know he ends up giving the tower to Chase Meridian because she might actually be able to make something out of it that's worth something. And freaking the fact, you know, she turns around and she's like, you know, that's a serious responsibility. You've given me the tower. And he's like, that's why I know you're the person for the job. And then she just turns around and she's like, I'm immensely qualified for this job. This this is a woman that knows her worth and she knows what she can bring to Gotham City. The storytelling possibilities are endless. The... Mm-hmm. The, the fact that Nakano's wife wasn't a sniveling, I'm scared of everything, I'm not, not only am I not getting out of bed, I'm not, and, and like, I can see her being just, like, catatonically comatose. That's what I was expecting from the whole experience. Scarecrow, yeah. all, all her worst fears, just all at once. And um, we can armchair book and we're gonna get you know head of arkham that got thrown out of a fucking building uh coming back uh but the funeral was was a absolute wonderful catharsis for a lot of different reasons we definitely bat families in the crowd somewhere Uh, oh yeah but, but but that didn't matter like 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 if this was 1992 it, there wouldn't have been all the discourse between Chase Meridian and Nakano. It would have been like, oh, that's that's definitely Bruce there. There's Catwoman. There's uh, there's Oracle. You know, they're making sure this like that the body's getting buried right. No, it's not 1992 yeah. anymore. It's not. Right somebody, there would have been somebody in the background being like, who is that mysterious figure that's about to do something? Uh, it's gonna write itself, brother. Yeah, we're getting away from that. Like, um, yeah. It's uh we we've got or or the mysterious guy that's hiding behind a tree that was or or it's actually it's actually him in his his like doppelgangers getting buried and we see like the shadowy figure we didn't get any of that bullshit we got exposition we got character development uh the uh, when it, especially when it comes to Chase who was like completely doubtful that she was even experienced enough to even head Arkham Tower. Now she knows her goddamn sure she can handle shit. She takes the job. We get that. We get the handshake. Nakano eats the crow, um, and eats his crow and um, apologizes. His wife is absolutely not the sniveling mess that she should have been. Considering it would be an easy like fish in a barrel, uh, considering today's uh, society climate. Uh, yeah, uh, that it's okay. To eat well, she ends up receiving those those flowers there. You know, who do you think did that? Which is, oh, it's totally Psycho Pirate. Like that's the whole joke. Thank you know, the, it's just this thank you on it. And she's like, it's from a friend in the tower. 
And, like, that's the thing. Like I said, this is a D-list villain at best. You know, I think his one big thing is that he's the one guy that remembers everything post or pre-crisis on Infinite Earths. And then he got utilized in City of Bane. But, you know, we see... You know, we see Batman finding him because uh, the Bat family is looking for him, and he's you know he's trying to run. You know, and then Batman is just like you know back into hiding, pirate. And he's like no choice, and Batman just turns to him and he's like, uh, you know, what if there's another option? We got a job for you. Yeah, and what you know, freaking what if Psycho Pirate is you know joining the Bat family? You know, they've got a legacy of freaking trying to reform criminals. You know, one of my personal favorites was a. Uh, at the beginning of Rebirth, when they brought in Clayface to the Bat family for a while. One of the best parts about Rebirth, Jesus, yeah. nail on the head. Was, was yeah, his whole freaking, his whole thing with uh, Cassandra Kane, where they were freaking you know, reciting lines from plays together and whatnot was fantastic. You know, I, I really wish they would have kept that going a lot longer than it did. You know, but they've got to, you know, did that, you know, I've said they've did uh, Elseworld stories and freaking where they, you know, Killer Croc was an ally, you know, freaking uh, going into um, Flashpoint when Penguin was working side by side with Thomas Wayne. Correct. You know, the, some, you, know they, you mentioned it earlier today when Two-Face was a freaking, was Batman for a minute. You know, there, there's a long legacy of Batman working with people that were uh, at one point against him. Even the Joker and him teamed up to uh, battle the Batman who laughs at one point. Right. Or, or don't forget what happened in, in White Knight. Yeah, White Knight. He was Napier. Like, he was performed. Mm-hmm. He was fixed. He was, yep. doing, he was, he was doing right. Uh, I want to get back to my point about, uh, about a, uh, a finality of an issue of a storyline. Um, it's it's difficult as as a motherfucker to establish characters on issue one and establish a story that people want to uh, invest in. Uh, just like you said earlier, when we're talking about wrestling. The trick is to get people to care about you, a reason to watch you, a reason to hate you, but just a reason to blankety blank you. Yeah. Um, care about you. Care about you. So we just finished the story. We got a couple of. Decently tied bows on a few things that are emotionally, we needed that ending. Nakano's mm-hmm. wa- wife not being a psycho uh, in Arkham Tower, healthy, okay, learning, like, face her demons. Awesome. But setting, so. but, but setting up the next story, the next five stories, we, we mm-hmm. got so many different things here. Um like you said, Harley, Harley is a hard sell. And the fact that throughout the entirety, we thought she was some dumbass broad that thought she was Harley, just spewing Harley, you know, Harleyism. Nonsense. Yeah, and like that, that doesn't even look like her. That ain't her. <laughs> but it was. And, yeah. and she's talking about, like, oh, how'd you. Uh, who, she was talking to. She wasn't talking to Batwoman. She was talking to uh, the chick in the purple. Huntress. Uh, Huntress. Uh, what did you think of the uh, therapy? It was good. It was good. Uh, little things like that, but setting up the next storylines here. We've got a Riddler story coming on. Hell yeah! Okay, that's fine. Let's do yeah, that. We're gonna play into we're gonna play into the movie, but let's make it good. Yeah. 
we also are coming off of uh, people like you and I that are just anything Tinian does, we're going to get it. <laughs> um, yep. And remember how worried we were about how bad the story was going to be or how disapproving we were going to be just for being Marsh or Tinian that he's not there anymore. Uh, we, we, we had a conversation off camera one time about are we going to be able to enjoy the next Batman story without Tinian writing because we're just, we've been all about it for so long. Like we've, we've mentioned him in every single podcast for almost two years. Yeah. And no, Tin, Tinian's been real good to us. Freaking he's still doing his thing in other books, but freaking, uh, you know, this has been a real, like this has been a really good story. And it's been different. You know, we haven't necessarily seen Batman in a Batman book, which is awesome. And, and, and coming from someone that has booked uh, storylines or feds, we want to ask you this for a while. Now that, okay. we're, now that we're at the end of a storyline post-Tinian, I'm thinking that what happened... To DC was um, the same thing what happens when your top guy got hurt at the last show and we've been building a story for him for a while and we got to figure out something else to do to fix it and make a better story or to uh, at least get people hooked on the next story while we're fixing things. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to totally, you got you to gotta veer right when you wanted to go left. You know, it's, you know, it's always, you know, you should always have a plan B because you don't, you don't know when somebody's going to freaking have to leave all of a sudden or something's going to happen. Right. But like, you know, you have to adjust on the fly a lot, especially, you know, if we're going to, you know, since we're talking about, you know, comic book slash, you know, indie wrestling in particular, you know, indie wrestling is ridiculous. You know, sometimes people just can't be there all of a sudden when you thought they'd be there. Right. And you have to you literally have to adjust with a day's notice or that afternoon's notice because oh hey somebody didn't show up somebody you know especially in these trying times if a wrestler at the last minute catches COVID catches COVID you know you obviously don't you can't have them there freaking you know we've had that happen a couple of times right you know and you have to adjust you know days before or the day of a show. You know, you've always got to have a backup plan. Like, okay, this doesn't work. Or, hey, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna shoot a little bit, let's freaking talk about the fact that we didn't have a couple, we didn't have referees last show. Holy shit, that was. You know, and trying to find extra referees at the last minute, you know, freaking is ridiculous. Yeah, and, and we we had the you know, and that's something about... that the, that's something that the fans freaking don't realize is how important referees are. You know, because in reality, they're, they're quite literally, as far as the fancy, they're one of the, if not the realest part of the show. Because they have to represent the authority. Because if the, if the rules don't apply, what, what are, are we, we doing? What are we doing? Or why are we here? You know? Yeah. And freaking when you, you know, we had somebody, you know, we had a massive shortage of referees last show. You know, for reasons that I don't really... Go, I'm not going to go into here, but we found ourselves day of looking at one referee and we were able to make it work because we were able to find one other referee to make the show work. But, you know, the, that's one of the things the fans don't think about. But, you know, a bad referee can ruin a match. Yeah, it can. 
because they freaking, you know, if the rules aren't followed, what are we doing? You know, and I, it's something you don't think about until it happens. I want to put Vernola over on that one because he was scheduled to be our announcer. And when he heard of our dilemma, he messaged us, do I need to bring my uh, my zebra stripes? We were, we were in line at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> like, yeah. not knowing what the fuck we were going to do. <laughs> like, yeah, we're, like, we're going to figure it out, but we don't know, you know. We literally, yeah, Ver, dude, Vernola stepped up in a huge way, you know. Thumbs up to, way. you know, thumbs up, you know, glasses up for Joe Vernola for freaking stepping glasses up. up. Glasses up to Vernola on that one, brother. Like, you know, it, it, freaking... it, it was his, it was his idea. Uh, commissioner needs to talk more. He needs to be on, on the mic, not me. I'll, I'll ref the whole thing. Not only that, but he brought his suit just in case he did have to announce. He brought his yeah. zebra stripes and he brought his old school new era uh, polo. Yeah, I mean, freaking, you know, you don't, like, it's one of the things, like I said, the fans don't think about, but it is legitimately integral to what we do. Like, you, can, you can have a match with, you can have a match between two people with no freaking ring. You can have a match, you know, I've seen people, people wrestle the invisible man where they don't even have an opponent. You cannot have a show without a referee. It just is what it is. It's one of the most integral parts of the show, and freaking, you know, if you find like it's one thing, it's it's something the fans do not think about. You know, I've watched. You know, I will, I will, me and my wife will continuously make fun of a ref who doesn't do his job well. Right. It it legitimately will take you out of the match, and freaking, I see it all the time on national television. Where a referee's too busy being goofy or too busy trying to get his own stuff in to where freaking they don't freaking it, it takes away from the match. Detracts from the match completely. Like, dude, you know, right, there's one ref in particular that freaking bugs the shit out of me. Abner? And freaking, uh, no, we'll get, we can get into that later. I don't really need to throw my personal opinions on here because I'll go off. Yeah, of course. But there's one ref that bugs the shit out of me that freaking on a national TV, I see him every week, and I can't, I can't. He will legitimately take me out of any match he referees because he's so goofy. I know exactly what you're talking about. But, uh, you know, it's freaking, it's, you know, referees are integral, man. I'm freaking, you know, we've gotten the situation solved for this month, but, you know, last month we were in a pinch. And Joe Vernola freaking went to bat for us, and he freaking helped out huge. We legitimately couldn't we couldn't have had a show without half the wrestlers we have. We could not have had a show without referees. Nope, nope. And uh, put it in perspective, Vernola like he's got neck issues from being in the military. Like he was hurting yeah. like a motherfucker after that show. And I was like, I really appreciate what you're doing. And he's like, I would have done this for anyone that needed a ref. Like I'm, I'm happy to do it for you. But I got to tell you, if well, it didn't matter what show was at, if you needed a ref to make the show work, I had to do it. And I did yeah. it. And, you know, I'm going to go home and lay down. Like, come to, come to dinner with this man, and he's like, nah, I got to go lay down. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I, think, I think of eight matches, I think he legitimately refereed six of them. He did six. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Three freaking three-quarters of the show. 
And freaking, you know, like I said, you know, thank you, Joe Vernola. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Vernola. Thank you. Like, uh, I've been, I told him the last show, I don't know if we can release the podcast, you and I did, because we went completely, completely off the rails. He was taking dabs, I was taking shots of whiskey, and I'm like, ah, I don't think we're going to release this. <laughs> He's like, cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, cool. But, uh, it, but even then, like, uh, integral of the story, um, it, it's, it's just, it has to happen. You gotta have the yeah. right people that believe in what's going on here, and we're finishing a Batman story here off the coattails of one of the greatest Batman writers of all time. Um, yeah, no, it, 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 Tinian was a solid run, man. I can't think of a bad issue. Freaking, there was definitely some uh, some King, some Tom King issues that freaking, while they weren't bad, were definitely filler issues. But yeah, but there's no filler with Tinian. Every every yeah. every. every bit of dialogue mattered and uh, there was one thing I want to bring up about Robin earlier uh, bless you the, the page the, the in terms of storytelling uh, the page where um, Damien and Talia Ghoul are discussing like you know like you know come work for me bless you you know uh, not come work for me let's do mom, mom and son thing uh, about the expressions uh, I, I put my fingers over the dialogue bubbles and they could have literally removed all of the dialogue and just left the photos of the drawings mm -hmm. and you would have known what was going on. Yeah. Like silent issue, snake eye shit, man. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Bless Thank you. Done. Um, <laughs> nah, fine, man. It's, uh, it, it's just solid storytelling. It's, it's, uh, it's something that needs to be thought about, talked about, digested, Analyzed and st frankly studied. Mm -hmm. Frankly yeah, studied. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been um, it's been good, man. I'm freaking. I'm interested to see where this uh, this run of detectives is going to go now that we're done with the initial arc. Yeah. You know, because I want to see, you know, because this this has been phenomenal. The towers, the tower storyline has been phenomenal. Not to mention I'm just the fact interested that to see going forward where we're going to go with it. There, and, and I agree. Uh, and I'm not trying to cut you off, but in regards to what you're saying, like, I'm absolutely interested in what they're going with it, but we still haven't acknowledged the fact this has been weekly for two months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weekly. It's been, it's been an insane little run so far. I'm freaking, uh, the fact that they're pulling out this many quality issues this quickly has been impressive. There's some poor artist that is soaking in a jacuzzi in Bermuda right now. <laughs> yeah. Now you are not wrong. He deserves it. Yeah, go chill out. Go uh, bring us some uh, some of those. Uh, Get us uh, some churros. Some duty we could free. Some, we could use some churros. Uh, we need some duty free cigars. I'm not a cigar guy, but uh, like like the the we're we're coming up on 250 recorded episodes of Minefields. That's true. And I'm thinking we need to get a steak and a cigar. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Cool. But uh, like I was saying, uh, for two fifty, I say let's uh, let's get some steaks and some cigars. Maybe. I'm, I'm not a cigar guy, but sometimes certain milestones. Sometimes you get indulged. I got you. Yes, like we. Last time I had a cigar was over at my uh, cousin's wedding. Uh, last year in june and uh um, oh yeah yeah i remember that and uh we'll, we'll, we won't get anything too harsh but just 
some scores, let's get some steaks, let's, uh, let's put on, uh, fuck it, let's put on Bret Hart DVD or something like that, let's get, let's get some... Fuck Bret Hart. No, no, I meant to say, I meant to say Owen, I've got, uh, I've got the, uh... I do like Owen. I got the Owen Hart well, we'll, we'll DVD. Figure, maybe we'll have some, maybe we'll have some, maybe we'll some surprises going forward. Dum, dum, dum. You know, you know, we, we definitely got, a. Shit, we got like four surprises we talked about before the yeah, show. Yeah, we've talked about it. We just got to freaking unveil them. Yeah. But yeah, no, nah, freaking maybe we can do that. Freaking, uh, we'll we'll talk off screen a little bit. Minefields after dark. Minefields after dark, guys. But like, uh, I I wanted to do Scorch. I was flipping through it uh, before we started, and I'm like, uh, I, and I got to get my Mr. Miracle two and three now. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, I was a little lean uh, past couple weeks. Uh, cool now. All good, dude. All good. Uh, uh, a little lean, but uh, I was I was. I was telling my my buddy Tom the the one that was celebrating that my brandy was safe. <laughs> uh, I was like I was I was I'm like uh, I was telling him, I'm I'm at a show and like fucking Flip Gordon I'm I'm at a luchador show Flip Gordon and Joey Janela and he's like dude that's badass and uh, after the show I was like actually I won't say that on camera. Um, like yeah, let's. Uh, it was a good show. It was good. No, it, it was. It, it has nothing to do with the fat. It has everything to do with uh, uh, individuals, um, but uh, that are not involved in production or anything to do with main integral parts of the Lucha show. Not at all. Uh, but I was thinking to do the Scorch and uh, uh, the one Marvel book. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one Marvel book, The uh, Ten Lives, Ten Deaths of Wolverine, the latest one came out today. I read it today, actually, and um, we're going to have to do a recap on that one. Nice. We're, we're, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. That's freaking, like, I thought, I think I got the, fir- the first issue of Ten Deaths of Wolverine. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was two different books. It's not the Ten Deaths, it's not the Ten Lives, it's the X Deaths. Well, even then, like, X Deaths, X Lives, like, either way, it's two different books. Two different like they, books. Apparently, they, you were telling me they coincide, like, they come together, but apparently it's two completely different books. No, they come together. It's I just, thought I was going to get, I thought I was going to get an Omega Red story, and I ended up getting an, a, a Moira McTaggart story. Yeah, that's because you, you bought 10 Lives, 10, 10 Deaths, number one was Omega Red. Uh, the 10 Deaths were their all Omega, 10 Lives were all about Moira. And what we're we're gonna have to do a recap on that one because the latest one obviously we do last week so we're gonna have to focus to recap on the for next week we'll we'll talk about that on the next one but uh, I was a little disappointed in the ending and it coincides with what we're talking about about how to build the next storyline. Okay. Uh, this is gonna be an exercise of how not to do that. <laughs> oh. How not to do that? Like where I was, I remember I'm like brother, it's just. Brother, brother, uh, just, uh, this is how you write it. You know, wh- why are all the great parts of X-Men not the main X-Books? Just, they're, they're the satellite Yeah, we've books. definitely mentioned that time and time again. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, thing needs, I think you need to wrangle things in and go back to the main books because, uh, they, they got off the, they, they went off the rails completely. They, oh. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get to the next, uh, next issue. Uh, great things, though, is, um... You and I got the, the, the kismet on this sort of thing, the, the, the way the everything comes parallel uh, in regards to me not being able to do Square Circle Pro, uh, family vacation, uh, when the immortal fucking 
grabs you and says, take a break. You're burning candles both ends. You need rest. Yeah. When the immortal tells you that. uh, And then everything aligns and uh, I'm going to spend the whole weekend uh, and all my free time this week uh, with my family. I'm not doing I'm not doing jack shit photography. I'm not doing anything. Nice, nice. Just just recharging. Uh it, it was making my shoot job suffer because I was just obsessed with the doing the photos and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And uh we gotta be recharged. You and I gotta be a hundred percent recharged to keep that momentum up from that last yeah, badass. No, it's, a, it's, it's, it's you know, said burning the candles both ends, yeah. three ends, four ends, ten ends. Yeah. <laughs> the the ex candles of uh, minefields, uh, Morales and Joshua Michaels, just like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come back recharged for uh, uh, Eye of the Storm. Dun, dun, dun. on the ni- 9th of April. 9th of April, tickets available. If, event, if right? you don't know, we've already got a main event. We have Hunter Gray with Doctor Silver yeah. versus the defending champion. Joey A. Kincaid for the New Era Heavyweight Championship. Not only is the championship on the line, but also the career of Joey Kincaid. If you miss this, you better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break Break out. out. (laughs) Ah, Let's do it. Let's sign off, man. This is a solid issue. It's your turn. Alrighty, this is minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. Goddamn over. Buy the shirts. Buy the shirts. Why do we not have shirts? We need more. We need more shirts. Oh, by the way, I'm about we, need to more, say. We, we need more merch. We need to talk to somebody about merch. But uh, like I was saying, uh, for two fifty, I say let's uh, let's get some steaks and some cigars. Maybe. I'm not a cigar guy, but sometimes certain milestones. Sometimes you get indulged. I got you. Yes. Like we, last time I had a cigar was over at my uh, cousin's wedding uh, last year in June. And um, Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. And uh, we'll, we'll, we won't get anything too harsh, but just some cigars, let's get some steaks. Let's... Uh, Let's put on uh fuck it. Let's put on Bret Hart DVD or something like that. Let's get let's get some fuck Bret Hart. No, no I, I meant to say I meant to say Owen. I, I've got uh I've got the uh, I do like Owen. I got the Owen Hart. Well, we'll, we'll DVD. Figure, maybe we'll have some maybe we'll have some maybe we'll some surprises going forward. Dum dum dum. You know you know we we definitely got a shit. We got like four surprises we talked about before the show. Yeah, we've talked about it. We just got to freaking unveil them. Yeah, but yeah, no, nah, freaking maybe we can do that. Freaking, uh, we'll we'll talk off screen a little bit. Minefields after dark. Minefields after dark, guys. But like, uh, I I wanted to do scorch. I was flipping through it uh, before we started, and I'm like, uh, I, and I got to get my Mister Miracle two and three now. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, I was a little lean uh, past couple weeks. Nah, cool now. All good, dude. All good. Uh, uh, a little lean, but uh, I was I was. I was telling my, my buddy Tom, the the one that was celebrating that my brandy was safe. <laughs> uh, I was like, I was, I was, I'm like, uh, I was telling him, I'm, I'm at a show and like fucking Flip Gordon, I'm having a luchador show, Flip Gordon and Joey Janela here. He's like, dude, that's badass. And uh, after the show, I was like, actually, I won't say that on camera. Um, 
Like yeah, let's. Uh, it was a good show. It was good. No, it, it was. It has nothing to do with the fat. It has everything to do with uh, uh, individuals, uh, but uh, that are not involved in production or anything to do with main integral parts of the Lucha show. Not at all. Uh, but I was thinking to do the Scorch and uh, uh, the one Marvel book. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one Marvel book, The uh, Ten Lives, Ten Deaths of Wolverine, the latest one came out today. I read it today, actually, and um, we're going to have to do a recap on that one. Nice. We're, we're, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man. That's freaking... Like I thought, I think I got the first the first issue of Ten Deaths of Wolverine. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was two different books. It's not the Ten Deaths. It's not the Ten Lives. It's the X Deaths. And well, even then, like X Deaths, X Lives. Like either way, it's two different books. Two different like they, books. Apparently, they you were telling me they coincide, like they come together, but apparently it's two completely different books. No, they come together. It's I just... thought I was gonna get. I thought I was gonna get an Omega Red story. And I ended up getting a, a Moira or a Taggart story. Yeah, that's because you you bought ten lives, ten ten deaths. Number one was Omega Red. Uh, the ten deaths were they're all Omega. Ten lives were all about Moira. And what we're we're gonna have to do a recap on that one because the latest one, obviously, we do last week. So we're gonna have to focus to recap on the for next week. We'll we'll talk about that on the next one. But uh, I was a little disappointed in the ending, and it coincides with what we're talking about about how to build the next storyline. Okay. Uh, this is going to be an exercise of how not to do that. <laughs> oh. How not to do that. Like, where I was, I remember I'm like, brother, it's just, brother, brother, uh, just, uh, this is how you write it. You know, wh- why are all the great parts of X-Men not the main X books? Just, they're, they're the satellite Yeah, we've books. definitely mentioned that time and time again. Yeah, it's, it's, uh. Thing needs. I think the regular things didn't go back to the main books because uh, they they got off the they they went off the rails completely. They, oh. Yeah. And we'll we'll get to the next uh, next issue. Uh, great things though is um, you and I got the, the the kismet on this sort of thing. The 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 way the everything comes parallel uh, in regards to me not being able to do Square Circle Pro, uh, family vacation uh, when the immortal fucking grabs you and says take a break you're burning candles both ends you need rest yeah when the immortal tells you that uh and then everything aligns and uh i'm gonna spend the whole weekend uh and all my free time this week uh with my family i'm not doing i'm not doing jack shit photography i'm not doing anything Nice, nice. Just, just recharging. Uh, it, it was making my shoot job suffer because I was just obsessed with the, doing the photos and all mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, we got to be recharged. You and I got to be 100% recharged to keep that momentum up from that last yeah. badass no, it's a, motherfucking... It's, 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 you know, like I said, burning the candles, both ends, yeah. three ends, four ends, ten ends. Yeah. <laughs> the the ex candles of uh, minefields, uh, Morales and Joshua Michaels, just like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come back recharged for uh, uh, Eye of the Storm. Dun, dun, dun. on the ninth of April. Ninth of April, tickets available. If, event, if you don't know, we've already got a main event. We have Hunter Gray with Doctor Silver yeah. versus the defending champion. Joey A. Kincaid 
for the New Era Heavyweight Championship. Not only is the championship on the line, but also the career of Joey Kincaid. If you miss this, you better be dead or in jail. And if you're in jail, break Break out. out. (laughs) Ah, Let's do it. Let's sign off, man. This is a solid issue. It's your turn. Alrighty, this is Minefields. This is dangerous. This transmission is over. Goddamn over. Buy the shirts. Buy the shirts. Why do we not have shirts? We need more we need more shirts. Oh by the way, I'm about we, need to more, we need more merch. We need to talk to somebody about merch.